everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known podcast called Magic the Gathering. Did I say little, little well-known podcast? Little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. And we're not going to edit that out. We're just going to go live with it. So um, I've gotten a new light, if you haven't tell, tell with um my whole streaming setup. And is my hair going, like, gray, or is this just the light reflecting off my hair? I mean, I know I've got gray hairs and all that stuff. I'm too young for all these gray hairs that I'm getting. I'm only 34. Yeah, I'm 34, okay? And I'm, like, too young for all this gray hair here. I'm, I'm too young for this stuff. Um, anyway, so we've got quite an awesome show for you. Uh, we brought on the amazing Radical Mari, uh, a Twitch streamer from Hawaii. And we had an amazing and amazing conversation. I had so much fun talking with her. Um, we talked about, I, I know I say, well, we talk about, well, everything. We really did just talk about everything. We talked about magic in Hawaii, um, talked politics, talked, um, you know, just struggles and plights of people and just everything in between. Uh, some D&D chat in there, too. Uh, gosh, just everything. Everything was just on the table laid out there and I had a great time and I hope you all really enjoy it. But before we get into it, just a few little announcements. Uh, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash magic Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at magic on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can find my TikTok at MTG and you can email me at MTG at gmail.com. All the links are in the show notes below and we have one quick little ad for Magic for Normies, and this show is also sponsored by Cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, trade, and sell your Magic singles. And we will get on to the interview with Mari, Radical Mari. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic for Normie show! Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies! It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your Normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning, we care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, pixiekittenplays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. Hey everybody, Zuby here, and I'm back with you once again with an awesome Hawaiian streamer, uh, Mari, aka Radical Mari. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Zuby. I'm super excited to sit down and just yeah. talk story with you for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you mentioned something pretty interesting that, um, and I think I think I've seen you talk about this before on Twitter, um, that you play D and D, um, yeah, as well. I know this is a magic podcast, but it's if you know me, I love D and D as well, and um. So how much D&D do you play or get to play or? Um, I have an ongoing campaign that I've been part of for a little over a year and nice. that we meet up weekly. I'm currently part of technically three D&D &D groups. <laughs> One Ooh, of them awesome. hasn't really started yet. 
But the other one is just kind of like sporadic. We meet whenever we can. And then I have my main one, which I've been doing. But yeah, I've been playing D&D since like 2015, 2016. So just playing around off and on for a while. And now I'm finally like getting serious and doing as much as I can. It's really fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. how long have you been playing Magic for too? Um, Magic is, I think it was 2018, 2019. Okay. So I've been playing D&D longer than Magic, but Magic uh, I got into because of uh, Arena, which was, uh, for me, a really easy way to get into the game without being intimidated oh, yeah. by a lot of stuff. I like Plus, plus a much cheaper way to get in the game, too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so my first exposure to Magic, I was in university, and I was really good friends with a guy, Patrick, and... He introduced me to magic. He showed me cards. He kind of taught me a little bit of the mechanics. He's like, you should really play. But I was like, "Mm -mm, this isn't for me. This stuff is, there's too much going on, too much scary stuff. But uh, then I came across every, and I'm like, this is easy. I can totally figure this out. So now that that's it so patrick if you're listening i'm very sorry that i didn't take you up (laughs) all the way back then i should have but i'm here now (laughs) that's awesome so you're streaming arena um Mm. and i just recently saw that you got i think you streamed some commander was it that you you got your first edh deck as well too Mm -hmm. recently Yes. Do you know the content creator JD Greenidge? Um, yeah, I've had him on the podcast, and I love him. I love, I love him. JD. Yeah, <laughs> he's so, he's such fantastic energy, and oh, he's yeah. so loving and affectionate. We were talking offhanded. Uh, he and a few other content creators had played Commander, and I just had mentioned like, "Oh, I've always wanted to try this, but I don't have a yeah. deck." And like, not even like two weeks later he had sent me a full deck and i'm just like oh my gosh uh and so i we set up a commander day where i played with jd played mm-hmm. with our mutual friends uh there is Kurohitsky. he's another content creator and then one new guy that i met named london and he's okay. starting to stream but he's fantastic all uh, like all four of us it was really good energy going on there i loved it and i really want to play again but I'm trying not to play too much because I don't want to get like burned out by it. Yeah. Well, what makes Commander fun is when you have multiple decks to choose mm-hmm. from. So your first deck that you have, who is it right now? Uh, it's the Seven Drop Tesa Envey of Ghosts, right? Oh, Enve- okay. Envoy, okay. what's her name? But yes, um, it's one of the, there's like three of them. I think I can't. Three. I can never remember which one. She, she's the beefy one. She's big and she's strong and she's beautiful. I love her. Is that the one where like you sack three creatures and exile a creature or something like that? Or no, no. Um, she's the one which has protection from creatures. So oh, she okay. can attack other people without worrying about it. If a creature touch, uh, tries to attack the player, that creature is destroyed. Oh dang, that's oh I hate that Tasa. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I no. pretty quick when she's on the field, she's hard to get off. Oh yeah, for sure. It's Orzov cor- uh, colors though, so it's really hard to ramp in that unless you're putting it on a bunch be. of rocks. Yeah, yeah, you definitely need a lot of mana rocks for that. No, that's awesome. So what do you think of the format so far? I like it. Um I feel like personally there's been something that's been missing for me in uh terms of magic from the standard point of view i don't play a lot of historic maybe a Mm -hmm. little bit but with commander it's a really fantastic way to really mix up the formula be able to play with multiple people lots of crazy stuff can happen oh yeah 
I had a lot of community members that were in my chat that were just sitting there like, I have no idea what's going on, but this is fantastic to watch. And I was like, that's how I feel as well. I'm so one thing I will say, Arena has made me very lazy. So if like the triggers don't go off automatically, you yeah, have to physically yeah. call them. So I've got to get really I've got to get better at that, essentially. But Oh, no, I know what you mean. When because I played I've been playing magic off and on since I was 10. Mm-hmm. And um, it oh. when back in 2012 when m13 came out i haven't stopped since then so i had my run of like doing competitive magic and you know doing all those triggers but since i stopped playing a lot of paper and go to arena now um and i still do commander on stream it's i know what you mean like i'm so lazy like i forget triggers all the time now and it's it's a lot to remember um the other thing with doing commander though for a newer player you're like exposed to a humongous card pool um, oh, yeah. Where you're going to see cards you've never heard of. I mean, even with all my years of playing, there's still so many cards I don't know. Yeah, that... no, I have to depend on everybody else on the field to just like keep repeating what it is because I see something hit and I'm like, I have no idea what that is, what that does, etc. And so. it's just like, sure, I believe you. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. Please don't be lying to me. Right. They're, they're not. I hope I hope not. No, no. Yeah. I don't believe it. Not against these guys. They're all pretty good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So have you thought about building your own EDH deck yet or? Yeah, I definitely want to. Um, Right now I'm in the process of trying to pack up stuff. We're looking to be moving my significant other and I sometime in the next year. So I don't really want to get more stuff right now. Yeah, I live in Hawaii, but this place is expensive. (laughs) Is Hawaii Uh, in general expensive? Oh yeah. Let me ask you a question. How much do you pay for a gallon of milk? Shit, we just bought some milk today. Um <laughs> I want to say it's less than $3. Okay. Um ours is $6 for a gallon. Holy shit. Yeah. Like like how much is gas over there? Um I haven't filled up my car's gas in like 8 months, so I have no oh, idea. Oh, is your car still running? Know. Oh, for sure. She's okay. still running. Okay. Um, I work very, very close to where I live. So I usually okay. just walk to work every day. Um, if I if memory recalls, I think that it's about 375, 380. If oh, you don't mind, not, you can cheat Google. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's not too bad. I mean, that's still pretty expensive compared to here, but I mean, mm-hmm. I just remember back what 10 years ago when gas was insanely expensive everywhere. Yeah, that's very true. Also, I lied. It's about 373. Uh, sorry, it's three thirty-seven is the average. That's right still here. not bad, though. I mean, not at all. No, better well, than what I thought it was. <laughs> l- like I said, I I just compare it back to the day when we were like here in Florida, getting close to four bucks a gallon, and like to me, yeah. any anything below three or or even like three thirty doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, it's a bit expensive, but <laughs> it's yeah, always work. It could be worse. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There was a time where the gas was like at $4 a gallon over here. And that was really breaking the bank. I was like in tears. I used to work. Okay. So I live in uh, on the island of Oahu, which is where Mm -hmm. the capital of Honolulu is. For most people that live mainland, if you are driving like 20 minutes, that's probably like, I don't know, you're going 60 miles per hour, you're going 20 miles. For us, 20 minutes is five miles. I cannot describe why it, it just sounds like anytime. los angeles too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's traffic it's like the major speed limit for all the highways in town is like 45 miles oh, wow. per hour so yeah once you get out they don't really care as much but yeah uh, no yeah so yeah 
I was working on the other side of the island and gas was expensive and I was crying every single day don't uh going to work. Oh, so. I I've been there. I've been there where it's like you, you know, you're struggling from paycheck to paycheck and you're just like, "Oh crap. I I got to I have like like $5 put on my gas tank. Please work until <laughs> till payday." So Yeah. God, I've no. been there. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. But um, to answer your question, since we're talking about expenses stuff, yes, I want to build my own commander deck one day for sure. Right now is probably not going to be the easiest time. Only reason being is because I'm planning on moving and I don't want to have to tote around extra stuff. And then oh, also the Hawaii tax. So obviously, if I want to support local stuff that's out here is just going to be more expensive by default. So for sure, for sure. Um, So have you is this sort of your first go around of playing paper magic this commander um, deck or have you played paper magic before i've played a little bit of paper magic before okay. not as obsessively as arena i've played like with friends yeah. uh i made an izet deck a while ago that was kind of fun but that was back in 2000 19 i think it was a while ago i haven't touched it because obviously it, it's difficult to do with this whole thing going on oh i know how is the <laughs> well well be, before i get into that like how the pandemic is over there um i want to ask I, I i guess i just want to ask if you know what the the local like lgs's are like over there if you've been to any of them or anything oh, like that yeah there's a few really good LGSs over here. The one that I frequent is called Other Realms. It's okay. a comic shop. It's got board games. It's got magic stuff. It's got D&D stuff. It's got a lot of Warhammer stuff, too. If you can, like, I was surprised by how much Warhammer stuff, honestly. But oh, nice. it's really good. It's locally based. They're really great about, like, if you want something, we'll order it. You just have to wait for it, essentially. So they're they're really good on that front. Um, the only gripe that I have is that it's not the best for building magic. I know that I went in there. I was like, hey, I'm looking for this specific card. And they're like, oh, um, well, we sell the cards, but here's a box. Good luck. And I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Screw There's that. No yeah, no. I was like, <laughs> mm, I'm good. Thanks. Right. <laughs> no, it can't be helped. You know, when you have a store that's like, as big as that, probably magic isn't their focus. If they have Warhammer there, people are there to spend money on Warhammer. Magic cards, eh, probably not so much. Um, there's another place that I know of called Deplanet, and they are a better magic store. They have everything organized, and I've actually yeah. bought from them before. But it's on the other side of the island. It's over in IEA area, which is a 20-minute drive from where I am. And if I'm going to be driving that way, I'm going to be going for more than just cards, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I want to ask what the magic scene is like too in um in Hawaii as well. Um, I know that it's pretty strong over here. Like uh I went to university over here, so my friend that taught me magic, you know, he tried to get me into it by showing me the local scene and yeah, there's a lot of players. Um the uh the, the magic championship, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but uh it was over here. Oh yeah, that was like uh, what a year or two ago or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I was there. That was oh, awesome. you were. To see it. <laughs> oh, cool. You could actually spectate. Yeah. So oh. you like the first two days? No, there's no spectators allowed. But for the finals, you just walk up. I got a grab bag. I got to go and watch the game. Oh, that's and awesome. It was. Yes, I was sitting there with a good friend of mine's, and she doesn't know anything about magic. 
so I was just sitting there and then like kind of like whispering in her ear, ear like, okay, so this is what they have in their hand. This is what they can do. This is what that effect is, yada, yada. And she was just like, even at this point in time, I'd only been playing magic for like a year. So she's just like, you're already an expert. And I'm like, no, I just have seen this too many times on the ladder. So I know exactly how this is going to play out. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, mm-hmm. it was that, really fun. Yeah, that, that had to have been fun. Um, no, that's cool to hear. So you got into streaming. Um, what what has that journey been like for you? My streaming journey? Yes. Um, let's see. So I started streaming the first for the first time in 2017. It was just for fun. Uh I had a little bit of lapse in my work schedule, so I was like, might as well give it a shot. It didn't really work out just because of how work was laying out. So I kind of put it on the back burner. Uh, in 2018, I got more time. I was I was affiliated in March of 2018. And then since nice. then, I've been streaming part time pretty much. Um, so I, since then, I've just been building a community that's based around just having a chill atmosphere. I like creating a safe space for LGBTQ folk as well. And really just with magic specifically, in the beginning, I really liked playing dumb stuff and making decks that were all about jank and stuff Mm -hmm. that was unexpected. Um, I don't really do that too much now just because I don't think there's too many like exciting cards that are in uh, standard right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Like one of my go to's was a Dance of the Mance deck. Oh, those were fun for a little bit. Oh, there was one version that I had that had like Oath of Kaya in it as well as um, what's it? Mirror March. So the way that Mirror oh. March works is when it, that hits the field, any creatures, you flip a coin until you get a tails and we create token copies of that. So Oh, gross. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you'd have this uh, you have these Demir color, not Demir, it was uh, Esper colors and then just Mirror March in the graveyard and someone's looking and they're like, what the what is Mirror March doing in the graveyard? Dance of the Mans, you bring everything out, and because you paid the number of mana, they become creatures, and then Mirror March procs, and you just have a shit ton, pardon my French, but a shit ton oh, no, of uh, Kaya's. And wow. it just does damage to face, and that's it. That's the deck. That... It's awfully stupid, but it was so funny when it worked. Oh my god, that, that reminds me, one of my favorite historic decks that I play is a Lich's Mastery historic mm-hmm. deck. Um, it's Lich's Mastery Infinite Turns. Um, oh no. <laughs> it, it's so hard to get off. Like, it, it requires like four different cards in order to get it to go, but it's so much fun if I can get it off. Um, it, I just do infinite turns so I can just get enough um, um, mana to like just bane fire the opponent one shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, I I imagine you made some enemies with that deck. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's great. I'll have to send you the list. Um, I gotta Please. find it because I I just um I just cleared out all my decks in the game because I was starting to run out of space, and so I, I I just do like a purge, but I keep my list though, so I can just mm. easily import them again. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. You've been doing streaming, and um, I think I started recognizing you this year during the pandemic. Um, there's just been a lot of magic content creators coming out there, and um, oh my god, yeah, yeah, it's been. I, I mean, it's good for someone like me because I love interviewing content creators, also. But it's also 
a sense where I'm just like, I don't know who the heck anybody is half the time. And there's just so <laughs> many out there. But um, it's great seeing a lot more women um, streaming because when I first started um, the podcast back in 2016 and I used oh, to write. Wow. Um, yeah. And I and I used to write um, magic articles, too, mm-hmm. before then. I can only recall, like, like as far as streamers go, like be- before Arena, it was just magic online. I can only recall, like one maybe two women streamers at the time uh mrs mulligan was one of them i don't know if you ever heard of her uh, i haven't actually no and i want to say gabby sparts oh i know gabby yeah i i, I want to say she streamed back then i can't remember she may not have but she may have started shortly after that but th- but those are like the only two i ever knew about and like since arena it's just been explosion of all of all kinds of people and it's great um it's getting more eyes on the game and um it's i i don't know i i I, that's always been one of my biggest things with with magic is i want more people to play and i feel like this is the way to do it even though i still got my own gripes about arena um Mm -hmm. it it, it can't replace paper for me because i i find myself um getting a lot more frustrated with magic playing arena than i do on paper I hear you. Yeah. I I think that one of the biggest flaws that Arena has is just that you lose the personalization that comes with oh, paper yeah. magic. You don't have an opponent on the other side of the field anymore. You're just playing against a screen. So it feels a lot less personal. That's why I like playing viewer games, like having a queue set up and having people yeah, come in. Yeah. And even like setting up voice chat sometimes so that we can just talk about what's going on. I'm like, heck yes. And I'm talk trash and all that. Yeah. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I have a mod that talks trash to me all the time. And it gets me so pumped. So that when I do win against him, it feels amazing. I love that. Do do you know um Unicorn Fluff? Yes, I do. She yeah, um I, I love her. We just had her on the stream um, playing some EDH. It was me, Pixie Kitten, um, Efren of Cardsphere, and Unicorn. Um, all, all four of us just playing EDH. And the entire game was just all of us talking trash to each other. <laughs> and it was the best. It was. I, I had not had so much fun playing a game of Magic. It, like I, I didn't win at all, but I didn't give a shit. I just... <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's the one thing that I like about the Commander Sphere is even if you don't win, like, as long as you get to dick around and just have a fu- uh, have fun, like, yeah. you already won. Yeah, if yeah. you get to do one cool thing in the game, then you've kind of won, in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know, you mutate a giant creature or something like that, and yes. boom, <laughs> something like that. Um, it, one, one of my um, newest EDH decks... Um, is Ashaya from Zendikar Rising. And literally the entire deck has zero creatures except Ashaya. And oh. has like 45 lands. But I've got all these ways of ramping and animating all my lands. So I call it sort of like the Attack of the Ents from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So I see that, um, I see a Zelda poster behind you. Oh, I have and a I lot. love it. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I could show you my entire room, but so my significant other and I were both obsessed with like just art in general. Um, nice. He's a bigger nerd than I am. Uh, he's played a lot more game franchises than I have, but our entire room is just covered in posters like oh, that we've awesome. gotten from local conventions. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love supporting artists. I love 
art in general. I'm not an excellent artist myself, but I live vicariously through other people's excellent yeah. art. Well, yeah. I've seen some of like your makeup stuff that you've posted before and I mean like that that's pretty hard to do. Oh, well, com- coming from a guy who has no idea anything <laughs> about makeup. It's like it's hard hard to do. <laughs> it, it is hard to do. And you know what? Anything that I do now, I probably couldn't have even done like three years ago. It's all practice and trial and error. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's what right drawing now. is like. That's what art exactly. is. Yeah. Exactly. You got to keep trying. I just I don't have time to like actually I, yeah, physically I know draw on the tablet. But, I you know, know exactly I do art mean. wherever I can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you brought up makeup. Yeah, I do something fun called Makeup the Gathering, which is a dorky name, but I own it. But essentially every Friday, it is fun. Um, I, I do makeup tutorials because I have a lot of I, I've mentioned that I have a lot of folks that are LGBTQ. That includes a lot of trans women who come through and they're like a lot of folks are just not really confident in their makeup ability or they're not really sure where to start. They've never done it and they want to do something. This is an opportunity for me to like, okay, here's my process. This is what I'm using. This is a product I recommend. And then boom, I have makeup. And usually the makeup is uh, inspired by a Magic the Gathering card. And I find that very fun. And it's a cool little niche too, because um, I've got two daughters and they love a lot of the makeup YouTubers and, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate doing the typical guy thing, but I don't get it because I don't wear makeup or anything like that. And um, yeah. um, but but for a, like Magic the Gathering, heck, even a D and D type makeup niche, it's pretty cool mm-hmm. though. Like I've seen some of your was it Selesnia or is it um stuff you've done? Um, yeah, it's um it's pretty cool. And Thank you. Um, I was and there was that whole uh, what was it on Twitter? I think it was this past week, the whole e-girl thing going on. Yes. Um, I saw it. I haven't had a chance to play around with it, but it was started off by uh, Inkling Customs. Oh, was it? She's, oh, was it Inkling? Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, she is a, I, I believe she's a proxy artist, but yes. she's just in general an absolute pleasure. Oh, Very yeah. I, 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 I love her. I've had her on the podcast and I've you played everybody. On the podcast. I, 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 I try like I and I've had her on the stream too. EDH. I got to get you on the stream too. play some EDH with us. It'd yes, be hilarious. I, please bring me on sometime. I oh, yes. To play more OK. Yes. But, I, I, I can't schedule anything right now um, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but I had a house flood uh, last <gasps> oh week gosh. and um we're going through all the homeowners insurance BS and where um, it, it's up in the air right now, whether or not we have to leave the house for a week or two while they have to demo stuff. And uh, I've just like, I, I want to schedule, like I can't schedule any streams right now and more podcast interviews. It's like, I've got you today and then mm-hmm. I've got one more tomorrow and I'm like, that's it. I can't schedule anymore. And it sucks. Gotcha. Wow. So yeah, as I'm soon as I can, yeah. Oh, it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's been a pain. But as soon as I can schedule some streams again, I'm going to definitely ask you 100%. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. You have my number, so you can just yes. go ahead and pester me. <laughs> Be like, come on, come on, play some EDH and I'll play something dumb. Well, yes. you know, my, my newest deck that I want to do is sort of based off of a D&D character. Um, do, you, do you know the um, Commander Legends... Uh, it's the Red Commander Rogak, the zero cost Kobold. Yes, I know this one. Yeah, the one so, that has no, uh, he, like he has haste and trample and something else, but he's a he, zero one. He's a zero one. Yeah, but 
can attach equipment to him, right? And make yep. him really beefy. Yes. So, so, so my plan is to have Rogak and then the the cat partner, Falthus, the one who gives all your commanders death touch and menace. Oh, oh so it's going to be... So my whole D&D plan for it is it, Rogak is the main character and Falthus is his pet cat. And he's you know going to get equipment that he's going to acquire through his journey. And then he's also going to be able to transform. So I have a small mutate sub theme with it too. So he can transform into something bigger. <laughs> I love this. It's probably going to be super bad, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be good. I, this is one thing about Commander that I've been learning that I love is that you can do something where you're just making the deck or whatever, or you can have a deck that tells a story. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I've been like, since starting Commander, I've been looking more into it. I started watching, uh, what's it called? Game nights, yeah, where, yeah. J- Jimmy and yeah. um, um, yeah, yeah. Josh, with Jimmy and Josh, yeah, and watching those two, and seeing how the people that are coming on they're building decks around stories as well. The one that yeah. I watched first was a Christmas episode where the decks were telling, like, talking about dis- different Christmas carols, and I was like, okay, yes, that's, that's awesome. hilarious. Yeah, see, yes. that that's the thing because I, I feel like a lot of people go through like stages of building commander decks, like. I went through a period because my local meta was very competitive in Commander, so pretty much every single deck I built had to be like the best of the best because mm-hmm. there's no other way I could compete um, with right. my friends and all that. But since the pandemic started and I started streaming Commander, now it's to the point where I'm bored of making every single deck the best because mm-hmm. that's so easy to do. It's right. now it's finding fun themes like my Ashaya deck where okay I'm just it's going to be attack of the ends right mm-hmm. I I don't I don't care about you know put I I know I can put in creatures that make Ashaya even discuss more disgusting but you know let's have fun with it yeah I like this yeah and and that and what you do is you just think of fun ideas like that like what gets me inspired is just looking at the commander and their abilities and trying to think of not the best way to go about it if that makes sense, because yeah. like I said, like I said, it's so easy just to make the best of the best, and it's not bad to have decks like that, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. But you want to have something that's fun first. Like, yeah. yeah, having this in there would be probably a little bit of a faster way to get from point A to point B. But this one would be funnier. So yeah, for sure. So um, you play some D anD D. Um, have you? looked at or tried pathfinder at all um no what is pathfinder i don't think so so pat if you've never have you ever heard of pathfinder or no i've heard the word being bounced around so i'm just like that sounds familiar but i don't want to pretend that i know what it is (laughs) oh no no that that's okay that's okay so pathfinder so back when um D came out with fourth edition um, a lot of people did not like 4th edition D&D because they radically changed the way the game was played. So mm. there was a company that sort of took D&D 3.5 and sort of made a bunch of changes to it. And that they that became Pathfinder 1st edition. So mm. Pathfinder 2nd edition just came out. It's it's very, very different from 1st edition. And um, I, I just ask because my... my um, group and i managed to play it for the first time last night and it was so much fun like i still love fifth edition D, 
but it was just mm-hmm. a nice change of pace like of how different it was it's it's um a way to describe it is mm-hmm. like your like building a character is so customizable that it's insane how much customization there is just for a level one character that's cool i love customization i love just going outside the box and going ham wild with all the stuff that you can do with your characters oh yeah it's it's one thing that i kind of like better compared to fifth edition because when you look at fifth edition on the surface like a level one fighter they're it's for the most part, every single level one fighter you make besides the race is going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pathfinder, a level one fighter are, is going to be vastly different. Every single one can be vastly different at level one. And that that's what I like about it. I would not recommend it to new players at all because <laughs> holy crap, there are so many rules for it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, yeah. rules are scary to me, but... I'm going to look. I didn't even know there was a Pathfinder, a second edition. I think that the previous campaign that I had was a Pathfinder campaign, but I'm really not confident. Finder. Yeah, it was. Um, Yeah, Pathfinder one first edition was is like if you look at the core rule book, it looks exactly like D&D 3.5. The rule book. Wow. They, they look exactly the same. I mean, there's differences and all that, but no. So. You said you've been playing 5th edition since 2015, you said? or So the uh, the campaign I'm in now that's been going on since last year, 2020, this yeah. one is 5th edition. Okay. Before that, we were the 4th edition, I believe. Oh, 4th edition. Okay, okay. Either 4th or 4E was what he called it. Yeah, that, that, that'd be considered 4th edition. Okay, that would make sense then. Then no, I've not played Pathfinder. Okay, so 4th edition, I personally found it fun. Um, mm-hmm. it was just such a rapid departure from, cause I've only ever played D and D second edition that I went straight to fourth. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just such a rapid departure, but I had fun. It felt like, um, I mean, it could be grindy with the combat, but yeah. it was, I liked a lot of the customization with the characters too, like the different at will powers you got encounter mm-hmm. powers and all that. Um, for sure. Yeah. So have you only been playing fifth edition since last year? Yes. Okay. Only since last year. We're in okay. an Eberron campaign, so Ooh. because it's a little bit of a, yeah, a steampunky I, newer stuff, we're just like, okay, well, we're probably going to have to go with the most uh, current rules, which I'm fine with. I want to play an Artificer so bad. They look so I, much fun. It is so cool. Um, <laughs> the One of my friends that I'm playing with is an Artificer, and she does a lot of really dumb stuff, and it's fantastic. She's... Uh, <laughs> we found a cat... And she's obsessed with this cat, and she keep, the cat had like a stub leg, and she yeah. gave the cat a gun arm. So that, that sounds that, amazing. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like I, I have a character idea for an artificer where it's an orc artificer. He's a blacksmith, and oh. literally every single ability he picks has to be related to blacksmithing. Like he okay. can't choose any magic or anything that'd be outside of blacksmithing. That's so cool. I would so, love to see that. Yeah, so I I have a it's just I'm I DM way more than I play, so it's um mm-hmm. I don't get to play as much, but when I do, it's I try to make like just off the wall fun characters that are just you don't normally see. I hear that. My uh so 
my significant other, he is the one who's DM'd like every campaign that I've ever been in. And mm-hmm. he's kind of the same just for fun. Like he'll talk about, oh, yeah, this is a D&D character that I'm going to build. Uh, talking about making a, what was it? I think he wanted to make an orc, like uh, like an orc fighter that was like half sort. Like he leveled up some aspects of sorcery, but he just didn't put any points into it. And this orc really wanted to be a sorcerer, but he just isn't any good at it. And then he, after dealing no damage for the past like couple of turns, he's just get he'd just get pissed and like pull out his axe and then start swinging that's one character that he's coming up with and he does a lot of like stuff like that and i want to like start dming one day so that he can eventually play but oh we'll do see. it do it what, what, what's stopping you from wanting to do it i mean besides but, time i mean i know time's the biggest yeah, thing <laughs> um we're coming across the end of this campaign right now we're okay. getting very close to it so i've already offered for the next campaign that i dm it and he said sure that's fine it's so um, much fun i love dming I, I am very excited about it. I'm excited to I like I, I grew up acting a lot when I was young. Oh, cool. So I I know a lot about improvisation. So I feel like, you know, asshole groups that just want to do stuff that's outside of what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, I can play with this. The hardest part is probably just gonna be tracking all the stats and stuff. But that that can get tricky. Um Yeah, because especially like if you're in a big fight and you've got like ten enemies that you gotta keep track of. Um it doesn't get easy on roll. I like it on roll 20 if you play it yes. on online, um, because at, I don't know if you've seen roll 20 from the DM perspective, um, but you can for each token that you have, you can set set their hit points on each token. So you're you can keep track of all that. That makes it easier compared to when you're playing pen and paper and you got to, you know, you have like 10 minis and you're like, oh, crap, which one's which? <laughs> Yes. So we use Roll20 and I've seen that before and it's absolutely useful. Um, oh, yeah. I guess like one of the things that I'm scared about is balancing. Uh, That's there was one tough. campaign that we did with a friend and he was the DM and it was it did not last very long. He was not very good at balancing the car- the uh, the NPCs that we were going against. So yeah. I think the group was complaining because we were level one going against a bunch of kobolds and they just weren't like at any time one would die there were just like three more that you had to worry about so it's just like um this doesn't seem balanced and he's like you're right <laughs> let me stop no. doing this campaign yeah it, it's definitely tough to balance it's tough to learn that um the thing that makes it easier as you go on is as a dm when you start understanding what your players are capable of like what skills they have and what they do it gets a little bit easier to balance but um especially at like level one level two like every single encounter can be so dangerous where it's like two goblins can take out an entire party of level one you know characters and it's like well i mean it (laughs) sometimes it can just be you know bad luck of the dice you know Mm -hmm. um it's it's funny i remember i did this one shot with uh i think it was three players and they were going up against two guards and one guard. I literally kept rolling nat twenties on every single attack and it almost oh killed them. And they were like level three or level four at the time. And it was like, you know, a crappy little guard, but I just kept getting crits left and right. And it almost took them out. Like, there, there's stuff like that as a DM where you'll, that'll happen. Some nights you're just like, you just got three nat twenties in a row as a DM. You're like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have a question for you as a sure. DM. Uh, do you usually use uh, 
like a crit table. So after a person rolls a uh, crit success or crit failure, do they have to roll like a percentile dice? Or no. So what I like doing um, is I, I don't do much for when they get a nat twenty uh, on an attack. Um, besides, you know, they double the damage and all that. Um, okay. For a nat one on an attack, it depends. Sometimes, um, so I used to have a player who would have like a a deck of cards that you'd be able to it'd be able to you'd be able to use like pull out a random card and it'd give you a list of stuff what happens when they fail. And so oh. I, I used to do that, and that was so much fun. I, I can't remember what they were called, um, but sometimes I'll just depending on what they were doing, like they're swinging their sword, they get a nat one and be like, okay roll d20 again and if they rolled like really low then it's like okay you threw your sword as you were <laughs> and now your sword's like you know 50 feet that way <laughs> right yeah no we use like a, a crit table so anytime you roll like a natural one you roll the percentile dice and then depending on what you land on it does different things like oh, if you roll low it's just like not as bad if you roll really high it's something that could potentially harm you like that's fun yeah, yeah, it, it is fun. It adds a little bit of uh, uncertainty to the game. But then when you get the nat twenties too, like it can do some extra stuff. Like there's like an that's instant cool. execution option, like in one percentile. So that's really cool. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, my 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 main D and D group right now, they're all like level fourteen to sixteen right now. It's been a campaign that's been going on for over two years now, and um. And we're getting near the end of the game, and um, geez, the, the encounters I have to throw at them just to even make it even somewhat <laughs> tough. It's like I, I had to have them. I they just was it two weeks ago they fought at Baylor. You know what a Baylor is? Uh, which one is the Baylor? Ba Baylor's like the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. Gotcha. Um, like big, big fire, yeah, big fire demon. <laughs> um, so I had them fight a Baylor. And like two powerful wizards, and that that was enough to almost kill them. Um, and but then again, it didn't kill them because still so much damage. But hey, it was fun though. Nice. Do you go about trying to kill your team when you play D anD D, or are you more about like li like here's a little bit of a challenge, but you're still holding their hand? Um, it depends. It, it really depends on um. The, what they're going up against like i and, and you know it's funny you mention that because i'm actually working on a script right now um for because i also do a side podcast called rpg companion where i'll either interview D, &D people or talk about D, D topics um and i'm actually working on an episode titled what should you tpk your players <laughs> um and and it's it's and it's a good question because as a dm you know do you want to kill all your players? Like I've had plenty of solo character deaths, you know, like mm -hmm. where you just kill one player and yeah, it mm -hmm. sucks. It's sad. I, I don't enjoy doing that, but you know, that one player can just roll up another character, but killing the entire party. Ooh, that's tough. Um, yeah. I honestly don't want it to happen, but I won't be afraid of doing it though. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm not going to purposely, you know, throw like, you know, Hey, fight, you know, five red dragons here, you know, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. okay that's good i didn't take you to for being the uh jerk dm not at all no no but. it's it, it's it's definitely something hard like 
I mean, I fudged rolls in the past because it's like when I told you about that guard that got three nat 20s, it's like sometimes I'll just be like, fuck, I'm rolling too many nat 20s tonight. Um, They miss. <laughs> You're just like, because, you know, you it, it's as a DM, you want to sort of balance, you know, them having fun, you know, right. and it's also. Is it fun if everybody dies, you know, and, and especially like how far are you in the campaign? Like my my players that are you know going on two years and some of them have their original characters for two years you know like how would you feel if your character of over two years died you know and and, and the whole party died with you you know that'd be heartbreaking for sure it would be and like i i would feel as a player it'd be like well fuck this i don't want to play anymore you know i don't want to play that campaign for sure yeah no i, I feel you I feel like a TPK in an early session, like between levels maybe one to three, is not nearly as feel bads as compared to two years into a game and you're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. I feel like getting that out of your system like early on, too, if you get your player killed like early on, then you're kind of forcing the player to uh, like respect the system that is there. And they're like, yeah. OK, so... I did a dumb dumb by rushing in without thinking. Now with my next character, I'm going to do better. You don't yeah. really learn that from the new campaign, or if you if your character dies like later on, if they're yeah. dead later on, they're just like, okay, well, this was bullshit. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you there. No, and it's something that um part of that episode I'm going to talk about is bringing up that topic during session zero too, because it's. I feel like it's a valid concern where, you know, should everyone die? Like, how are you all going to feel? Like, what do you want to do? Like, either do you want to quit the campaign at that point or do you want to just roll up new characters? It's I just feel like it's something important to talk about because it's not fun. It's not a fun thing when it happens. For sure. Yeah, I get emotionally attached to my characters as well. So I've been very fortunate uh, when I'm playing. I have uh the only time where i've lost one of my characters where they've died is like in one shot campaigns yeah but with my major campaigns the characters that i have have not died but when they have gotten close to death i have just been like i i wouldn't say like emotionally compromised but i was very much on the edge of my seat like oh god i really hope they make it you know oh yeah oh yeah, yeah I feel no like it's it's tough um mm -hmm. and like I said, even a single character death is not fun um, either. Yeah. Like like a permanent death. I don't mean when they go down and they're doing death saves. I've had I, I do that maybe at least now that they're near the end of this campaign. At there's going to be at least one to two of them that go down dying, but not dead. Um, right. But um, oh, oh, you know, that that reminds me of a funny character death story. So um, yes, tell me it was a it was a rather new campaign. Um and so they were all like levels two to three or something. They're in this city. And I sort of made up this campaign where it's sort of like a Grand Theft Auto and the Godfather type campaign. They're, they're in this city and, and they had to join this, you know, criminal faction. And mm -hmm. so they had to go steal <laughs> the first the first session was kind of like, um, um, was it National Treasure? They had to go yes. steal the city's constitution. <laughs> and so they, they managed to steal the, the city's constitution. And as they're running away, guards are chasing them. They, they managed mm -hmm. to escape the guards and go to this well-known tavern. Um, you know, pr mm -hmm. pretty, pretty, um, 
pretty well-known tavern, um, and everyone but the dwarf decided to go upstairs into the tavern to, like, go to their rooms. And so when the guards came, they recognized the dwarf and took him away and, you know, held him prisoner and all that. So then the next session after that was trying to break the dwarf out of prison. And, um, I mean, the the characters, the dwarf didn't really do much. Um, So there was, like, um, I want to say five or six of them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they spent about two to three sessions going into the sewers, you know, breaking into the, the prison where the dwarf was rescuing him, running away from guards. And so as they're in the sewers, the guards like release the water somehow. And then the sewer starts flooding. Um, oh, no. and at the same time, the sewer was infested with kobolds. So the, those kobolds that were dead on their way back started to rise up as zombies so they're all like trying to run away and have guards and water and dead you know dead kobold zombies chasing them all of them got away but at the same time um people were getting hit and attacked and one of the people getting attacked was the dwarf they're trying to rescue he (laughs) he starts doing death saving throws and and like so, some of the members of the party just run up away, don't even help ev- everyone come, you know, doesn't wait to help everybody. <laughs> the, everyone finally gets out of the sewers and and they were about to heal the dwarf. But I'm like, no, the dwarf, it's the dwarf's turn because it was in- initiative order. I'm like, the dwarf has to roll a death saving throw. He had one fail and like two successes and he rolls a nat one. And I'm all like, you're dead. It counts as two fails. Yeah, oh it counts as. <laughs> so they spent all that time. <laughs> they went all the way. They spent like three sessions trying to save him, and he dies at the very end. <laughs> oh my god. They were so terrible. They fe- they were so pissed. I'm dying laughing. <laughs> like I I didn't want the dwarf to die, but I'm sorry. That was just too funny and 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 the guy who rolled the nat one he's laughing his ass ass off too um he's done with that character at that point he's like fuck it I'm yeah, make fuck this else. shit i mean he, he he made another dwarf rogue anyway but um but dwarf rogue? That yeah awesome so That's so got the extra stealth the fact that their show's so short yeah. they can hide a lot easier Good so stuff. I love so that. what was funny was the, the party was so pissed that instead of giving him a proper burial, they just threw him back into the sewer. <laughs> they were like, we're done. <laughs> Not even a flaming boat or anything. Just no. <laughs> Let the kobold zombies get him. <laughs> All right. At least the kobold zombies, they're going to, you know, they're going to eat healthy that evening. Oh, my God. It was so funny. It, it was, um. I really enjoyed doing that little like mini campaign because it was not very combat heavy or anything because the a lot of the there was a few characters that wanted to fight everything but then like the sort of main leaders of it wanted to you know since they're part of like the quote unquote mafia here they're like let's do some talking let's do some intimidation and all that and oh my god it was so much fun just having to role play like you know dumb guards and all that stuff and they have to trick them to like break into a warehouse or something and man had so much fun doing that oh man uh can i tell a story from my campaign sure i feel like you might get a kick out of this um so in this campaign that i'm playing right now uh it's a group of five others uh the character that i'm playing she is an arcane trickster which is a rogue Ooh, subclass nice yes. 
So she's not very combat heavy, but she's got a lot of specialties. She pretends to be this dainty lady, but she's actually a con artist. So she's got very high deception. Her highest stat is her uh, slate of hand, though. Like oh, she gets nice. a plus So she's oh my very gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the story, um, one of our team members was caught in a trap. It's kind of like a quicksand door. He was slowly getting pulled in and uh we were like oh god this guy we don't know what's gonna happen we gotta pull him out now my character made a pact with the devil and she has future (laughs) sight so she's just like oh devil what's gonna happen in the next like what's gonna happen to this guy and she sees a future where he gets sucked in and the clues were kind of saying like hey his image is suddenly gonna appear on the wall as if you know like he was added to this wall by magic stuck there and i'm like okay so he's dead so my entire team is trying to pull this guy out of the quicksand door (laughs) and she's already said in her mind she's like all right this guy's dead anyway so she feels (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's great (laughs) um obviously the entire team was like mari you gotta help but i'm like he's dead anyway it's fine <laughs> it was early on with the packs i didn't realize that it was a future that could be that one oh so that's when great he was pulled out of the door i was like hey glad you survived just slip that right back in there before you notice <laughs> <laughs> oh my like, gosh like the actual player that was uh playing this uh warlock he was pissed and he started attacking her and i'm like your character doesn't know what happened. I rolled a high on my slate of hand. So freaking rogues, man! All they want to do is just steal. <laughs> that's uh, that's it. That's it. Oh my gosh, my 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 two year campaign has had such a bad luck run of rogues. Like, because oh, no. because we first started the campaign at an LGS, so I had to like pretty much almost let anybody play. Um, I didn't really get a choice of who got to play. And all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and so our first rogue that we ever had, they get into this big city. He, I'm sorry, like he was a nice guy, but he was like the dumbest player. And, um, it happens. It happens. It, it, it was bad. Um, he, <laughs> Tell he, me how bad. He, he would walk into a shop because he was obsessed with getting, was it a uh, cloak of Elvenkind and boots of Elvenkind? He was obsessed with getting them. Um, so he goes into a shop wanting to buy them. And, you know, I tell him the price of what it is. He, he only had like 10 gold. I'm like, there's no way you're going to get them. Um, mm-hmm. So then he he says out loud, he's like, OK, well, then I'll just come back and steal them. And I'm like, oh, my God, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? So he ended up getting guards tailing him and capturing him um, for like conspiracy of thievery or whatever the heck I said. Um, mm-hmm. and so the, the rest of the party was so pissed at him when they brought him, when they paid his bail and brought him back to the tavern, they, they tied up his hands and legs and said like, you're not allowed to like walk or talk or anything. <laughs> Cause that, that, that wasn't the first time he did that. Like he would try that to like everybody just steal from every single shopkeep. Like, oh my, stop. <laughs> Wow. no matter how many times i'd like kill him his character i mean of course one of the other players would heal him and all that stuff i'm like right oh man yeah in his defense it feels fun getting away with it like when you're a rogue you get to add your proficiency bonus to a lot of your stats and those stats that have the proficiency bonus get doubled 
Oh, yeah. So get a plus, like right now with my dexterity, it's really high. Plus, I think that I were, let me pull up my character sheet real quick. Hold on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just have it right here. I, I play D&D from right here. Yeah. So, yeah, level 11 rogue gets plus, nice. four, uh, plus four proficiency. So a plus 14 to sleight of hand nice. is pretty good. And it's nice just being able to just go in and be like, all right, I'm going to steal it. And then you do. And that's it. Oh, yeah. When you're that level, yeah. If it's like at the time this rogue was like level three or something, I'm oh. like, like no, mm. stop! <laughs> it's like y- you have to like knock him down a peg. Like no, you're only level three. Stop it. <laughs> well, it's a good way to learn, and you know what? I oh think yeah. That by being part of that campaign, I'm sure that they figured out for the next time. You know, there's got to be a smoother way to approach it. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> we got it. We got to We got to give them Ho- benefit. Hopefully. That, hopefully. No? I, hopefully. I would hope so. Like. That's one thing that I love about playing in these spaces, especially with experienced people, is you fuck up and then you realize that you did and you're like, all right, so this is what I'm going to do next time. You know, not to circle it back to magic, but, you know, magic is the exact same way, too. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, no, I'm 100% in agreement with that. It's um, what what really showed me and, um, you you know, playing in public spaces like D&D and magic, you know, you come across your fair share of toxic people. Um, oh yeah, and here and I and playing competitive magic, um, I've ran into my high number of fair share of toxic magic people, um, especially mm-hmm. here in Florida, um, and and so when I took off from that and started focusing on D and D, playing public D and D, um, I was thinking, oh, it can't be too bad, you know, you know, how how bad is the average toxic, you know, D and D player compared to magic? toxicity it's just as bad holy crap um i've ran into some toxic D players playing in public spaces and it, it would always surprise me because this is a game of cooperativeness right you right. know the, the dm presents a challenge the players need to come together and solve it um mm-hmm. and so i would always be baffled by people that were just assholes people that would literally try to cheat Mm. Um and it's just like out of all the games to cheat in, why D and D? Like you're not winning anything. You're just yeah. having fun. And it's, I, I mean, I know the, I know what <clears throat> uh, people of color and women and LGBTQ mm-hmm. um experience in terms of harassment is nothing like you know what I would go through or anything, but just the. Fuck, man. Just <laughs> just some of the people like I've come across, I'm just like, y- you just have to really shake your head and just like, why are, why are you the way that you are? <laughs> um, I absolutely hear you. I think that one of the nice things about being ex- like exposed to magic from the arena standpoint is that it was a completely digital experience for me. So it was... A much easier experience in terms of targeted harassment if there were people that were being jerks i could immediately just like okay well i'm unfriending you on arena i'm blocking you from the stream whatever yeah. in real life you don't really get to do that you don't get to be like all right you suck i'm blocking you and then they're just still standing there like oh man you know. yeah it's I, I i've got so many bad stories of just bad experiences at fnms and gps and all that just you know and i know my my experience can't compare to like some other people, but just and it's I, I can only freaking imagine. And, you know, you hear the horror stories um, of what people have gone through and it's just 
I don't know. It, it, it really, really got me not wanting to play like competitive magic anymore because it was just I don't want to deal with that stupidity. Like I, I, I don't need that stress on me. Anymore. I hear you. Yeah. And yeah, I think that things are getting better. Um, as with a lot of things in life, people are becoming more aware with what's going on in the world. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not something I stand for. So I'm going to go ahead and make it clear that it's not okay. And it's getting better. And it's encouraging more people to get into the game and enjoy it. But yeah, I don't... Uh, as as long as we have people that exist now as they always have, it's going to take a long time before it is completely eradicated, this negative behavior towards anybody this 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 poor ethic towards magic that definitely can't exist um yeah i yeah i don't feel like i personally have a lot of horror stories to tell but you know and, you're doing your part by you know yeah. ad admonishing it as it comes you see it and you're like that's not acceptable and whether or not oh, you yeah. outright tell them at least it cements you know that your belief that that's not what should be considered acceptable and as soon as one person says it, another person does. And then it just keeps going. And then finally, we fucking figured out. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's um that that's one of the things that I find so important, especially when like a local gaming store needs to be inclusive, needs to be welcoming, because, <clears throat> you know, I've taken my kids to some of these gaming stores. And, you know, as a father of two daughters, um, you know, I don't want them to come in and then, you know, they see anime titty playmats everywhere. And you're just like, oh, my fucking God, really? Yeah. You know, just seriously, like, I don't care that people have them. Don't fucking bring them out to public spaces like where, you know, kids are going to be there. Hey, 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 that's culture. OK, these kids are getting exposed to Japanese culture early on. Not some no, of the ones I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. My playmat is, it's it's freaking a cool scene from Gurren Lagann, which is a good anime. But yeah, no, I don't understand the rest. I it's, Especially if you're in a public setting, like, show a little decency. There might be children close by. Come on. You know, like, like I said, if you want to do that in your own home, like, privately, okay, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. whatever, fine. Um, it's just the people just, there's so many people that just like decorum manners mm -hmm. you know just decency overall right. and um I, i've come across it so much and um here in florida that mm. you know when the pandemics start i mean well the florida florida already acts like the pandemic's over so there's already game stores that are playing magic and all that stuff i'm like nope <laughs> but um <laughs> but um so they got to keep afloat somehow but yeah i know no, i know the way but it's Oh, God, just so many people suck, but there's good people out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So one thing about that, that I'd love to touch base on is in terms of the culture around magic. I've only experienced magic culture here in Hawaii. And if you know anything about it, Hawaii is pretty diverse. There is a lot of like local Hawaiian descendants there's a lot of uh, folks who are of Asian descent. There's a lot of white folks as well. But for the most part, it's a nice hot pot. But one thing that is just not common, there's not a lot of black culture out here. Like, almost none. Like, I can hmm. count on my hand the number of, like, uh, uh, absolutely zero, like, 
people that I've played magic with out here have been black. But what, what do you think that is? Is it just... Well, Hawaii, for for starters, is fucking expensive to move here. Okay. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there, there are BIPOC friends that I've had out here. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the majority of the culture is of Asian descent. So there's a it, lot of... Because yeah. it's a lot closer to, like, Japan and Philippines exactly. and all that. Exactly. A lot of Filipinos. There's a lot of Pacific Islanders. There's a lot of Japanese Americans, Korean Americans, Chinese Americans as well. But, yeah. No. So, like, we don't really... Ha- we're, we're, we're better than most of the mainland about diversity but there's still like the 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 stigma that exists it's not as bad but it's still here you know especially against like especially against women players out here i've not met any like women magic players out here interesting it's funny you mentioned the stigma because um like i said i can definitely sense that around some shops here in florida like there are some if I have to say, there's probably two game stores here that I've been in Florida that I feel have been probably the most welcoming that are still open, I should say, Um, because mm-hmm. my favorite game store closed years ago and they were like the absolute best of the best in terms of mm-hmm. wel- welcoming environment. Um, So it'd be cool stuff games. Um, They're probably some of the most welcoming people ever. And what I love about them is if you are a piece of shit or whatever they will kick your ass out <laughs> they will not hesitate that. to that's, kick you out yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i i get I, i've been to some game stores where they're so timid about kicking customers out and all that that are just shitheads like no yeah. I, I don't i don't care get get rid of them um and next ridge games um is another one that down here in tampa that they are not afraid to get rid of people you know not put up with people's bullshit Mm-hmm. which I love but w- what I found interesting with some of the places I've traveled here in the states um in terms of like welcoming environments w- I went up to Atlanta Georgia I want to say what was it two years ago maybe three years ago now and I visited a few LGSs up there and holy crap I- I- you know and that s- sort of the thing here is you know the further north you go in Florida the more southern it gets and you know, um, and, and here I am thinking, okay, it's it's Georgia, right? It's probably going to be some, you know, podunk, you know, LGSs and, and, and you know, Southern and all that stuff, you know. Um, so when when I go up there, it was just holy shit, like some of the mo- most welcoming LGSs I've ever been to. So diverse right. and all that mm-hmm. shit, like, damn. Um, pr- probably one of the nicest places I've been to, too. I, I think it was LGS I went to. One of them was called Gigabytes Cafe. Really good one. <clears throat> but um nice. oh shoot where was i gonna go with this um there you're talking something. about good environments and uh oh yeah setting away. yeah um you don't you don't see that too much here in florida oh <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, like i said i haven't had a lot of experience with lgs gameplay so i haven't personally seen too much but i i know what i see and what i see is the people that are open about coming out to play and it, it very rarely is anybody aside from you know lots of military boys like lots of white military boys lots of like local guys never have i seen any woman in these lgs buying magic cards i've seen them there but they're not really like they're they're not there for magic 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the two stores I mentioned, Next Ridge and Cool Stuff, I see a lot of women. Um, well, when they were open, I did. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're still open, but I mean, when they were like, you know, doing events and all that. Um, right. <clears throat> but I mean, that is one thing that I have noticed the past couple of years uh, when I went to Magic Fest is seeing a lot more women players compared to, you know, five years ago or or six seven years ago um so it is there um sad that you don't see it too much in hawaii um just i don't know it, it's weird how demographics like that shape out um where there's like it, it, it's weird to me because i've been in some places in the u.s where like i go to an lgs and i see a lot of women a lot of diversity there then you go to like another lgs and it's a diverse area but you only see you know basically just white boys there and it's yeah. just, and, and, and of course you don't always know the story behind it. Like, is it, is, okay, is this just a shitty shop or is this just, this happened to be like this, you know? Um, it just happens to be like this. I think more often than not, it's just something that's just going to continue to be like this. Um, you know, I hope that by streaming magic, I can encourage more, at least local, uh, women to stream more magic. I have been trying. I'm in the uh, the community Discord for other Hawaii streamers. I'm a manager over there. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been a community manager since 2018. Actually, just after I started streaming the second time. So I love it. I built it from the ground up. <laughs> I say that like I was the only person. It was a whole <laughs> team, but we all work together. Um, I feel like the work that I put in is something that I'm personally proud of. I've helped to make it a uh, server where everybody can just kind of hang out and talk story. It's really nice. But yeah, I keep kind of trying to throw out feelers like, hey, are the, is there anybody here that doesn't stream magic that wants to start? Let's do a co-stream together. Like, yeah. hey, are there any women who are interested in learning? I'll teach you how. I'll dedicate an entire stream to you. Because... <clears throat> A lot of people that are there are just starting out with stream. They don't have as large a community as I do. And I'm 100% happy with getting these people you know, like connected with others, especially like like treating them as like my protege. But so far, nobody is interested. Nobody's talked to me about it. Um, I've connected with one other streamer that's locally based. I don't know if you know Scotty Nada, but he streams Magic and he's a really good draft player. But he's like, he's down the street from where I live. <laughs> here on the same island as me. Yeah. So, yeah, another local streamer. But I'm going to keep trying to put it out there. Um, I'm going to keep trying to get more people interested in it. And when we're able oh, to do awesome. that, that's yeah, great. I, I just I want to make it as diverse a game as possible. I want to bring more people in. I want to get more people interested in magic. I think that there's a flair to Hawaii, uh, Hawaii streaming that's like, the spirit of aloha that you bring this community i don't know if you've watched literally any other hawaiian streamer but there's you're, you're actually the only one i really know of <laughs> to be honest that's okay that's okay <laughs> there, there's a few that are partnered there's a few that are affiliated um but they have this spirit that's about them that just you go in and you're just like okay this feels like home and i want that to be like the universal magic experience as well so I'm going to keep plugging it. I'm going to keep trying to find more local streamers that can get into it because this is something that I like, I care about more so than the game. Yeah. I don't, I, I care about the gathering more than the magic, you know? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I totally agree with that. And I, and I love that. I love that you're, you know, outreaching to people like that, trying to get it set up because it's important, you know, um, right. you know, you, you could one day inspire little girl to, you know, not, not just stream magic, but you know, 
it could be anything, you know, like maybe get her into magic, get her into something or just seeing like, hey, someone can do this. Like I like with Kamala Harris being the vice president and all that, like, yes. you know, regardless of <laughs> oh no, like regardless of how you feel about her or her policies and, you know, what she's done, it's it's the symbolic nature that holy shit, my girls are alive to be able to see the first woman vice president. She's a person of color. And, you know, and to me, that means a lot because it's, you know, now it's just a matter of time when we're going to see the first woman president. And it's, it's, it's an exciting time, you know, for it. And it's, we're moving forward. And it, even from five years ago, things are, drastically different and they're going to continue to get better so long as we are aware of the changes that are happening and we're embracing them and encouraging them yeah yeah um and th this this has been quite a month um <laughs> oh my god oh my god yes we're only one month into 2021 and it's already been uh <laughs> An interesting it, one. It, it's been it's been quite a month. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll be I think the first week of February um, okay. when this comes out. So it's so hopefully nothing crazier happens. In oh the my gosh! <laughs> I, I I was I'll be honest. I was like so worried about the inauguration day. Like please Me just too. let it be boring. Please dear God, yeah. just let it be boring. And it was oh, yeah. it was boring. It was so i like okay so i we're five hours behind you guys yeah yeah so i was 100 percent expecting to wake up and hear that the capital's been overthrown so oh i was god. pleasantly surprised oh when i woke up at six o'clock the next morning and i'm like oh nothing happened cool oh my gosh yeah <laughs> on with my day <laughs> yeah it was um i mean i i watched the whole thing live and i was pretty worried i was pretty nervous like like shit, is something gonna happen. Something gonna happen. Like no, okay, nothing happened. And like I'll, I'll be honest, Joe Biden was not my first pick. You know, in not terms mine. of Democratic side, but it's mm -hmm. like y you know, I I put fucking like dumpster fire <laughs> over the other option. Like oh, I, oh I, Trump, I yeah, hundred percent. Um, so one thing that I can say is that out here we don't like him. Like as a as a collective, like sixty percent. Of, uh, of like uh, Biden or no 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 uh, oh. Trump oh okay okay we, I mean wow a island that's like you know more than sixty percent POC aren't interested in a guy who is all about yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah. I, I wish I could say the same about Florida oh my god I I live in such a Trump heavy county um. Oof. Even now, after his little casual insurrection that he tried to do, just a little bit of oh, light treason, you know? A little light treason, no big yeah, deal. I yeah. go about it, like, you know, it, once it's, in a blue it's, it's still have... So my parents have basically brainwashed by Trump and all that stuff, oh, and, wow. and and they still think, like, like, he did nothing wrong after January 6th. I'm like, if you could... Oh, okay. So I, I like to pose this question to some people. Let, let's mm -hmm. let's subtract, you know, twenty twenty out of this and the January sixth okay. attack. You know, yeah. Let's just think about everything before that. Before that, I'm not saying Trump was perfect, or in, like a lot of his policies were shit and all that stuff, but <laughs> it, it wasn't the worst presidency we had in terms of we didn't get into any new wars or anything like that. Um. We were very close at one point. I, I know, I know. Yeah, with with um, was I, I I ran right? 
Yeah, where yeah. we just accidentally drop something on them. Just just a little casual bombing. A little casual bombing. <laughs> but oh so so and and we didn't have any huge terrorist attack or anything. Like I, I just think back to like Clinton, Bush, and Obama years, and all. We didn't have this huge financial crisis and whatever. Um, come 2020, I feel like had Trump just. And like I said, I'm not in any way supporting him or anything like that. I just want to state, like, if Trump had some sort of at least done a little something with the pandemic, or at least said, hey, you know, wear masks. This is what we're doing. Even if you took the laziest approach, Mm -hmm. he may have still won. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. And and what's scary is mm -hmm. he came pretty close to winning, like, in terms of... Like, like all the votes, like there was still a shit ton of states that turned red for him that, you know, mm-hmm. you're thinking. I wouldn't have otherwise, yeah. Yeah. Like, so my stance on it is, yes, you're right. Under most circumstances, presidents that run uh, for their second term, they typically get it. Yeah. Because people like having the structure. They see what they have. And yes, if he had taken the, the, the pandemic was his opportunity to really take everything seriously and say, okay this is going to be difficult. Let's take this seriously so we can protect people. If he had done that, I guarantee that this election would have been his. If even if he didn't clear the pandemic, even if he had not eradicated it, people would have been more like, like, okay. All right. So this is my stance on it completely. (laughs) Okay, we're getting into politics. No, it's okay. It's it's okay. Okay. Um, it happens. <laughs> I, I hate the guy. I did not vote for him the first time. I did not like his campaign, which was based around fear and fear mongering and uh, racism and yeah, whatever else he could. But at the same time, it's just like this was his opportunity to step forward and say straight up, like, okay, I'm being a leader now. Let's act like Americans. And he didn't even do that. He could have done that. He could have he, he could have done the laziest job possible with it, saying, mm-hmm. Hey, be smart about it, wear masks, socially distant. Yeah. You know. He he never once advised to socially distance, did he? I've never heard I, him say that phrase. If he did, I don't know. Like you know, mm-hmm. m- maybe there was some weird or, or some or some rally or one news conference where he did say it, but I I don't know. But as far as I can think of, I don't think he did. Um, no. Like I said, he could he could have just taken the most laziest stance with it. Had even even if he didn't stop the pandemic in its tracks and it still went the same trajectory it did, if he had just shown a little bit of leadership, I think mm-hmm. he probably would have won. Um, but l- like I said, what's scary about Joe Biden winning? And I'm not saying like he's scared, but it's just the amount of people that still voted for Trump even after him bungling up this pandemic so bad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. th- that's what scares me that. um That's what scares me as well, is that there's still a majority of people. They see these two candidates and they're like, well, one is a pile of garbage and the other is a dirty diaper. Well, at least we know what to expect with the pile of garbage. Like. Yes. Know. And it's not good. Like, that should be a sign. <laughs> God, like I, I, I mean, I voted for Bernie back in 2016, and I voted for Bernie again during this time because I wanted him. It, it was like I was really between Bernie or Elizabeth Warren for yeah. the second go around. Um, 
And I'll be honest, in 2016, I did not like Hillary at all. I, I'm I'm on the same boat. I have a military husband, and he did not like Hillary at all. And obviously, that rubbed off on me. But I was just like, you know what? I still prefer her over because at least she has a campaign. When he was running, yeah, he didn't really have anything. But yeah, because it's and, and what's crazy, I I just watched this little mini documentary back about the 2016 campaign Mm -hmm. hillary most likely would have won had bernie and hillary actually come together probably a little bit sooner like once Mm -hmm. she got the nomination had bernie like told his rabid fan base to just be like shut up support her all right because his his fan base was rabid like did not because they thought that hillary stole it and i mean of course there was some shit that was found out that the dnc did did do like some shady shit but whatever they're gonna do what they think is going to be beneficial to them yeah i I don't personally like either party i just vote for the one that is going to benefit me my family my friends most oh yeah yeah usually usually it lines up with democratic values but like yeah no bernie was the reason we lost the 2016 election though i'm gonna be honest it, it, he, it was his fan base, like his fan base, his voters. Him. him. He, he, oh, you, you up, said it was him. Okay. It's him. So he lost the Democratic uh, nomination. Yeah. And could have very easily said, okay, I'm done. Thank you for your support. Please support this. But instead, he started going under the independent campaign for several months after he was he not did? clear and direct. Yes. I got to look that up because I can't remember that. He went under an independent nomination for several months after, and he kept oh. getting donations, and he kept saying, I'm still running, even if it's not under the the uh, Democratic. It wasn't until- I we forgot about that. And we realized, like, okay, this is a bigger threat, that he was like, okay, never mind, I'm done. But, so, yeah, he Hillary could have easily have won then, had he just yeah. unified he said, with her. It, it, I. I personally, I agree with you on a lot of, like, I, I personally preferred Bernie's politics as well. I think that his are most in line with what I want to see in America. Yeah. But I think he <laughs> fucked it up. I think that if he had stepped back and said, okay, this is not about me anymore. This is about the country. I've got to give, like, get, like, show my support for this current yeah. candidate. Because the other potential is I split the vote. And, you know. Yeah. It, that that makes a lot of sense how Trump won because Trump lost the popular vote and exactly. he barely won. I want to say <laughs> like I, I I'd have to look it up, but it was it was like not cl- like he won electoral you know college obviously. Yeah. He, won, that. he won because of the electoral vote. Yeah, and yeah, no, it, if it, yeah, it, it's, I still it's, stand with Bernie. I think he's fantastic. I think that he. I love all the Bernie memes office. right now. I love the Bernie memes. <laughs> oh God, I'm seeing so many with um. He, oh man, I saw one the other day where he's just sitting on top of Mount Silver uh, in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yes, this is so good. D- did you see yeah. him behind the DM screen, like the Critical Role DM screen and all that? No, no, I didn't. Um, hold on, <laughs> I gotta find this one because my this is the one that made me laugh. But in uh for the Twitch Hawaii group. One of the managers had uh, photoshopped him into one of our uh, event meetup pictures. It was, here, I'm just going to send you the link here in Discord. I'll have to check but it. I, 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 I can't minimize that of the screen here because of the recording, but I'll, I'll check it out after we're done. 
for sure. But yeah, yeah, he was photoshopped into this group picture from our oh, Twitch Hawaii meetup, and I laughed. I laughed when I saw it. I okay. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I, it, I, I know, like especially after the whole. I've been open more about talking politics on the podcast, especially after the whole Black Lives Matter movement, because I felt Absolutely. like that was way too important of an event to not start talking up matters of race mm-hmm. and, um, you know, politics and, and yeah. injustice, yeah. because it, it's I've always been when I first started this podcast, I've always wanted it to be a welcoming opening place. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to try to give a lot of people voices who may not have voices and and i don't have the biggest platform and all that stuff i i know that but at least if someone out there can hear it and you know they discover mari here and they you know hey i've done my job you know what i mean yeah. um it's so i i felt like especially after the whole george floyd thing it was too important not to talk about and mm-hmm. i've been more open to talking about politics and while i have some you know views that people may not agree with and like Mm -hmm. and all that but it's i've come to the point where it's like you have to i don't you just have to have like have moral standing moral character and be decent and empathetic and just right i don't know and there's so so many people haven't have lost that and and the fact that people are still supporting trump after the insurrection it, I feel like they're they're truly lost at that point. It's I think so too. It, I think it, that, yeah. I, like like I like I said, if that had not happened and he just bungled up the pandemic and all that stuff, and that was it, that was the end of it. You know, whatever he goes down as a shitty president, but the fact <laughs> that that I even put on Facebook today, and you know, maybe it was a little snipe remark at my parents, but. I put, when it comes to U.S. presidents, all you have to ask yourself, did this president attempt an insurrection to topple American democracy? If the answer is no, then they are already better than Trump. <laughs> I imagine your parents were that, but... I, and, and, and I know that's petty of me, right? But it's just... It's true. I don't think that they're... Okay. There have been... No, no, I think that you're doing the right thing by making clear your stance. And um, if I may talk about this a little bit, um, I grew up in a very like I grew up in a really smart environment where I was around a lot of uh, black folks, essentially, Mm -hmm. when I was in Florida, not so much. But as soon as I moved to Ohio for my middle to to like high school years, I was in Cincinnati. There is a huge population uh, population of Black folks who live here. So, yes, I got to see uh, a lot of the stuff that I was like, well, the, why am I getting away with this when they are not? Um, it, I got involved like, for real when I was in college. And obviously, we don't see that here. So a lot of people don't really care too much about it because they're like, well, this isn't a problem for Hawaii. We love everybody. And it, it, that's not necessarily true. It's been something that that it, something called slacktivism, essentially, where you sit through and you're like, "Oh, this sucks. I got to do something about it." So you retweet something, and that's it. Oh but, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm doing my part. I retweeted one tweet. That's it. No. 
you've got to stand up and you've got to say what your stance is. Because if you are ready and able to say, this is something that is not acceptable, there are more people that will stand up and do the same. Mm-hmm. I'm white. I grew up in an Italian household. Both my family is Italian, or but I am white. I've grown up taking advantage uh, and receiving any every benefit that exists from the system, which is why I want to do my part to make sure that the folks who are at a disadvantage, we can stand beside them and fight for them. Um, it was when Ferguson happened back in 2013, where it became painfully clear that this is something that we cannot just stand idly by. And I've seen it time and time again, where we do the exact same thing. A tragedy happens, a young black life is taken, and we stand by and we say, this is something that's unacceptable, change needs to happen, and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. 2020 was the year when finally we saw something. And holy shit, it was fantastic. But it's not fucking enough. We need to keep going. We need to, I've seen a lot of improvements. I've seen like how you say you are bringing on more voices, more diverse voices. You're doing a fantastic job. There are other content creators that are doing the same thing and that's great. And then you see like big marketing companies that are hiring like black models. um, And they're using like, like like, they're showing more diverse voices. They're showing Mm -hmm. everything, but it was only for a couple of months. And then it went back to normal. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you're doing what you can and this is fantastic but we need to keep the momentum up and this whole past month i won't go into any detail about it but there's been especially in the creator space there's been a lot of people who have been uh they they've shared their opinions which have been pro-black and it's been stuff that they've been punished for by these nerd communities and i don't think that they deserve it under any circumstance. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of white folks being up in arms for these negative stigmas that are being given to them when fucking BIPOC have lived with this their entire life. And these mm-hmm. stereotypes that BIPOC are going against or that, that are being imposed on them are way more harmful to their well-being and in some cases life-threatening as well. So, yeah, no. Fuck your white feelings. That's what I said. <laughs> so, That's so... So what's like the answer to all this? Like what is, what can someone do? Like, like someone who may be listening to this and, you know, maybe wants to make a change. What can, what can they do to help? Okay. So there's a lot that you can do, which once you get into the habit of it, it becomes easy. The first is learning not to take personally uh, what is going on when the, the biggest concern that is going on when we're recording this episode there is a twitch streamer that was venting her frustration towards white folks saying pretty much all white folks are racist so or she didn't say all white folks she said white folks are racist Mm -hmm. but she's not saying that every single white person i've met is racist she's talking about the collective was that the star wars one the yes okay i can't remember christina or yes okay it is christina so People got genuinely offended because they're like, I'm white, so I'm racist. And that is not at all what that means. What she's trying to say is that the collective is that people who are white have been benefiting from the system for centuries and they have done nothing about it. There are, of course, people who have gone out of their way to help others. And they're obviously exempt from this collective. But as a collective, you cannot argue 
that they have not been like sitting idly by or taking these. So the first step is to not take personal. If people are frustrated, you've got to hear them out. The second step is to learn how to empathize. If, if you know someone who is suffering and you're not really sure why the, the smartest step is not to ask them because they're probably already in a pretty bad state you should do research on your own and try to figure out, okay, well, why is this person feeling this way? What is the history behind this? And then, uh, and then if you're still confused, you can go to them and say, Hey, you know, I'm still learning. I want to understand better why this upsets you. Please talk to me. And then finally, the most important thing is to support. So giving people the space that they need in order to promote themselves, in order to have their voices heard and doing your best not to be the person like relaying the message. It helps when it comes from me because I, uh, I have a platform as a white person, but it is not my story to tell. So it, it it's important that you continue to have the diverse voices who are coming on here, who are talking, who are making clear, you know, the, what they need. And after they say that you do, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah, by having your platform and you're already doing this, by the way, like you said, you have your podcast, you have a platform and you're saying, okay, this is not something I personally know. So I'm going to give this platform for, to someone else. And it doesn't have to be talking about racial injustice every single time, just talking mm. about their perspective of magic. They're up like where they come from and how they have come to love magic despite this or that, or maybe not even sometimes there are people that don't feel like they've been wronged and they just want a platform to talk on. You're doing yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's something I've been trying to do since the beginning of this. Like um, one of the things that I learned a lot um, starting this podcast um. <laughs> One of my first guests was Jadine Klomperens, and shortly after that was Emma Handy. And nice. um, and so I've always been aware of the trans community, but I didn't understand a lot about it. And one of the things that I never really understood starting this was especially non-binary people. Um, right. And so I had a non-binary person on. Their name is Chris. I, I'm so sorry if you changed your name. Um, but from what <laughs> I remember... I, I honestly haven't looked up the person in a long time, um, but they used to be a part of the Girlfriend Bracket podcast with uh, Aaron Campbell and um, there was a few others. But uh, Chris, um, after I had them on the podcast, um, I DM them just like a bunch of questions because I didn't personally understand what non-binary was like. Wh what do you like? What does it mean? Like, what does it mean to be this? And, you know, because it I just had a lot of ignorant um understanding of it and and i feel like that's one of the things that you, i think you said perfectly like if if you as a person just can you don't have to relate and even you know exactly like the person but if you just want to go and just understand and learn like mm -hmm. especially like lgbtq spaces mm -hmm. uh, like what does it all mean you know you could be a person who may not like it right you know, but mm -hmm. if you just understand it and respect it, I feel like you're going to go a, a lot farther, a long way with it. And that's right. one of the things that magic being a part of the magic community has really taught me is understanding those spaces. And now with a lot of the racial injustices going on, now I'm starting to have, 
you know, because because I've had a lot of trans people on the podcast. Um, right. The this past year, I've tried to have more women and more. Um, not that I haven't had women on, but you know, have more women and more like uh, people of color voices mm-hmm. on here as well too. Just to, just like you said, either talk racial injustices how they were brought up, or just fuck it, let's talk. You know, five hours of Star Wars or something. You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, so it's yeah. That's one thing that I've really enjoyed doing this podcast is just learning so much about that. Where it's and what what it's helped me with is understanding my children as well too, because of just the way kids are growing up nowadays is just so different. I mean, shit, kids are like so nice now and like so welcoming and open for 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 the. I mean, they're still the asshole kids, right? They're they're still, but I mean. I, I love telling the stories of like when I was growing up, I couldn't even tell my friends I played video games. I'd be made fun of like, and then if I told my friends I played D and D or magic, I'd get beaten up Yeah, <laughs> and all that. Now it's like, it's so welcoming. So opening as, as far as gaming goes and especially a lot more opening to like LGBTQ and, you know, um, people of color and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's great seeing that stuff. And it makes me be able to understand like what my kids are you know what what they're thinking of and what they're going through that sort of thing for sure um something that i want to praise you on genuinely is the fact that you said straight up this is something that i didn't understand but i was still ready to learn and there's a lot of people that just are set in their ways especially within our like age bracket where they're just like well this is what i know and this is all that i accept So the fact that you are willing to open up and learn and embrace, it shows that there is hope for the way that we are moving. And you have your daughters that are learning the exact same thing. So they are going to be the same way too. And I I genuinely want to applaud you for that. I think that that's, I think that that's something that's really important and it's not something that's going to come up organically in any conversation. So I just want to make it clear to you that you're doing the right thing by creating this space and creating a safe space for pretty much everybody that comes through the door. So, Oh no, thank you. Thank you. And like, I'll be honest. It's like every time, I mean, there's a lot of times I'll see something be like, okay, that's, that's dumb. That's dumb. But then, but then I had to be like, Oh, what does this even mean? And then it's sort of like that process of, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah." You you sort of do that whole like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just like, um, it's funny because it's, you know, like even when, I'm starting to see some people say like, like a lot of the ableist thing, because there's that whole controversy going on in D&D with, you know, ableists where pe- there's this one person who made um like a wheelchair thing in D&D. A wheelchair? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember their name who did it, but it, it seemed pretty neat. But then then there's this whole thing where there's controversy about ramps and dungeons or whatever. I'm like okay like, are you really gonna like no, yeah, no no but but the thing is and what i mean by bringing that is that there was something recently where i saw where it's like they want people to stop saying some of these ableist words and my first thought was like like that's dumb so then but then i read the article and i'm and start reading it more and more i'm like oh okay okay and right. it's just you know it just understanding where they're coming from it's 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 easy to have that reaction oh that's dumb and then just forget about it but right. being me i'm i'm a very curious person by nature mm-hmm. 
like um and so i just want to understand where people are coming from so you can sort of see it um like i have some people on this podcast where we don't even talk magic um i just ask them about their job like my 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 uh, guest before you uh hobbs from goblin lore podcast he's a Mm -hmm. he's a veteran psychologist so like pretty much the whole first hour of the show was just i was talking to him like so how do you know you know what is it like being a psychologist for veterans and all that and and what are the age ranges that you're seeing like are you seeing older vets starting to come now because you know mental health has has had such a huge stigma for decades and i feel like it's now getting to a point where it's becoming more acceptable to admit you have problems like that because Mm -hmm. it's definitely you know when you have depression or anything like that it's not visible right it's not a it's not something you visibly see and um so that whole first hour i was just asking him all these questions and you know and i love learning that stuff um Mm -hmm. i had justin theoric six on um he does D with merchant and he has his own youtube channel um and he's a oh crap what is he a research psychologist i'm so sorry if i got that wrong um, he's a he, he. I think he does researching for psychology or something similar to that. The whole package was just him asking him, like, what does that even mean? Like, what what, what do you do? <laughs> and I'm just, <laughs> I love that. I love that stuff. It's good. It's good to have that sense of curiosity about you. That's how you know that you're going to continue to learn and continue to build a better world around you. And if more people were like that, I think that we'd be in a better spot than we are now. Uh, Cause I'll be the first to admit I'm dumb. Like I don't know, I don't know shit. You're, no, you seem like a individual. You just haven't had the chance to learn. That's something that I think is important. Is most people, they're in a position where they're like, well, I don't understand it, so I whatever. But no, yeah. you just haven't been given the opportunity to learn yet. And I think that that's the long and the short of it. And given this opportunity, you are able to shape the world in a better way. No, and I like of what you're doing with that whole twitch hawaii thing that sounds awesome i i love when i hear people try to build up local communities like that um mm-hmm. it, it, it it's something that you know i wish i had more time to do locally i, I was actually working on something like that locally here for D um mm-hmm. but pandemic and all that and but more more shit yeah i know (laughs) no but it's i i love hearing those stories um so you know i want to ask you um you know and you don't have to say what it is or anything but what do you do for a living uh i'm a glorified receptionist oh okay okay (laughs) um i have a degree in psychology um i got a bachelor of science and i graduated uh i think 2015 ish okay but I don't use the degree. Every position I've ever held has been customer service based. And I think that if I wanted to do anything with my degree, I would just have to keep, uh, I'd have to go back to school, but I can't do that. Is it, is it hard to get something in that field in Hawaii? Um, yes. Uh, Mm. the, the job market as it is, is just difficult. They're like, first of all, the jobs are limited. There's really not a lot of options. If I wanted to do anything that was uh, psychology related, it would have to be something that is like in child protective services or something similar with. The oh, dang. But the God, entry that, level that'd be so, so yeah. sad, too. Ugh. Yeah, I would just be like, mm-hmm, I'm solid. Thank you. 
no. Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the entry bar is set so high because there's so many people that are applying. If I applied to it, even though the requirement says you have to have four years of relevant job experience and then also a degree, even if I met those expectations, they're going to choose a person who's applying for the same job with a master's degree every yeah. time. I, but, I, I, I've been on that side because um, I used to be an IT manager. So I, I know that it, it's t- it's tough making hiring decisions because hmm. it's. So, yeah. Some sometimes you get a person who's like really good, like really personable and um, but then they just don't have the experience for it. And it sucks because and yeah. you can't take the time to train them the way you'd want to because it would take too much time and money. Right. And yeah, that's, that's and that sucks. pretty much how it is here. Yeah. It is. And I don't think that I'm ever going to get a job that's within my field either, just because that I sucks. don't have the credentials and I don't have the money to do it. And I probably don't have the time either. So, well, I would say don't give up. It's, yeah. you never know one day, maybe in your forties or fifties, maybe, <laughs> you, Hey, it, it, people go back to college and do it. Like I want to go back to college and get my bachelor's in it. I have my associates in, um, in graphic design and I'm totally like, wow. not using it. No, I, I, no, I used it, to know how to draw and do all that art and everything. So I'm sure that you're still you still know how you're just dusty. That's all I Um, I, and I have no desire, to be honest. It's it's, no, I I feel that way. I I don't. I think that the reason that I was drawn to psychology in the first place is because I like understanding how the mind works and mm -hmm. trying to fit like it's one thing to say that I empathize with people, but it's another to genuinely like figure out where they're coming from. And I think that that's what I like about psychology. I don't love the aspect of being a psychiatrist. I'm not obsessed with using the degree. I take what I learned to heart and it helps me to build a better world around me, but I don't think that it's something I want to do on a professional level. I think I'd much rather be a professional streamer. If anything, (laughs) I mean, if, and that was something I was talking with uh, Hobbs about. Like, if you have the backing to be able to do that, great. Because that 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 was something that that's that's a relatively new field, like being a content creator. Like, mm-hmm. and one of the things that would keep me away from even doing it is like, how viable is it, and how long would you be able to do it for? Too, like, you know, there's going to be there's the ones who are like super super lucky. Like you've got mm-hmm. the you got the PewDiePies and the Doctor Disrespects and Ninjas and all that who 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 the right. hell knows how much money they make, you know, That's, with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, no. <laughs> but but for people who are just you know middle of the road, able to make enough, like how long is that sustainable? That that's my that's my biggest worry. Exactly. You know? I think that um, especially for a content creator in Hawaii, doing that full time is going to be like very difficult if not impossible um i currently live in a 500 square foot apartment and the price here is 1400 a month Holy and that's just the rent that's before crap. any utilities that's before any expenses in terms of like groceries and necessities and such oh my gosh i would have to have like if i wanted to create full time i would have to have like a consistent like over a thousand subs a month Oh, and gosh. that's not that, something I want to do. Mm-mm. No. Holy crap. That that's insane. That's um It is. You're paying for paradise. So it's 
<laughs> you know, like I haven't seen the beach in like a year, but I'm paying for that by technicality. So yeah, nice. no, but that's holy crap. I, I know that that's another thing that um, you know, my my oldest daughter, she's going to be 18 this year, and yeah. um, it's I I told her um, you know, when you're 18 and you, and you graduate high school, you know, it's I'm we're not going to charge you rent, we're not going to kick you out or any of that stuff. It's as yeah. long as you're working or going to school you're fine. You know, you're yeah. never going to have to pay rent or anything because the rent is so ridiculous now. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is. It's scary. Ridiculous. How I'm sure it's like pretty ridiculous in Florida as well, but yeah, it, here it, it's, it, it's yeah. about the same. Like, yeah. Typically here you have like at least two to three generations of family, like living under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you even have like the fourth generation living there as well. It's, absolutely crazy having so many people in one household and under both circumstances it's like all three of these generations in like a one to two bedroom as well so it's hard yeah Yeah. it's very hard but at the same time the culture is built around like having your family close together anyway so it's not something that people are really upset about it's just the fact that it, it I have a lot of opinions when it comes to the public housing crisis that is here. Um, in, in Hawaii and, or the U.S.? In Hawaii. I okay. know it exists everywhere, but here it's very much, uh, it's a little bit scarier because think of it. You're on an island. There's very limited space available. There's very limited resources available. There's a lot of people living here, and a lot of them are living in poverty. Um, really? There was, oh, wow. Absolutely. So... I say, I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty ignorant of Hawaii. Like, I don't understand a lot of the... And I just, I will tell it to you from my perspective. I want to be clear when I'm talking to you about it, though, that I have not lived these plights. I do not know firsthand what it is like being in this position because I'm not native Hawaiian. If you want to know the real, like, the deep down nitty gritty details, there are several resources online that can tell you more. But I can say straight up that there is, the, like I mentioned earlier, there's the job crisis, how there's very limited jobs available. Mm-hmm. The culture around Hawaiians as well is most people who are locally based, there is the, 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 the culture around education is not as strong as it is on the mainland. There's like most local children are kind of taught early on, like, oh, well, you know, you don't really have to worry about school too much, you're going to go ahead and inherit like the land or the house or the business or whatever. But there's Hmm. at this point in time, it's a lot of the local businesses, a lot of the public land, a lot of homes are owned by bigger businesses. So this is a culture that has been taught for generations and all of a sudden they don't have anything to pass down. So it's, yeah. Um, It, it's joked around about a lot, but it's, unfortunately very true there's one uh school that's out here which is a private school where if families want to send their kids there they have to pay an arm and a leg for it but the joke is that if you don't send your kid to the school they're not going to college and it's not necessarily because the children that don't go are just not taught anything it's just because the the school system is not as good at motivating these children to like reach academic success um oh, that's that that it that it, it is a real problem but the the part that really hurts is the fact that 
as a result, there's a lot of families that are living in poverty and there is the space that is there, but the reluctance to provide homes for these families. Um, there's a rich part of the island. It's up towards the northeast uh, shoreline. It's called Kailua Township. And there's a lot of military personnel that live there. There's a lot mm-hmm. of rich folks who live there. Um, most of them are white because, of course, most homeowners in Hawaii are going to be white. But uh, they, there was a space that was set aside where the state wanted to build public housing property that is there. And the idea was to build 200 more homes. And it was it went before the board of the Kailua homeowner, uh, homeowner, wow, home ownership. <laughs> that was like, that was twice in a row. I couldn't get that, but That's yeah, all right. they said, yeah, they, th- these people straight up said, we don't want to bring these kind of people up to our area. We don't want this kind oh, cause of, they're worried about their property values. That's why they're worried about exactly. They're worried about the property value. There is over 1000, uh, families that have been on a wait list since 2016 for public housing. People who may be homeless right now, people who are living in unfavorable conditions, who have been waiting for years just to get an apartment for them and their families, and they're still waiting. And we can't build homes because of property values. Damn. Yeah. It's, and then at the exact, in the exact same fucking breath. Sorry, I'm getting (laughs) heated. No, you're okay. You're okay. Um, (laughs) There's in Honolulu, where I live. There have been businesses that are buying and building condominium apartments, which will sell for anywhere between a studio for uh, 400000 to like a big place for a couple Shit. million. Fuck. Yeah. And <laughs> these are made specifically for the businessmen who are coming in from out of country to purchase and to stay in. So yeah. lots of Japanese businessmen, lots of Korean businessmen, people who aren't even Hawaiian who are like getting priority homes before local Hawaiians. Cause they and have the money. Cause they have the money. Cause they can support the economy. Cause they can make the governor richer. Yeah, it's got, and, and that's something that my wife and I have been talking about. Um, j- j- just homelessness, right? Because yeah. it, it, it's since this pandemic and even before the pandemic, it's just getting worse and worse out there. And, um, yeah, it, you know, it's bad. I, I have to count my blessings every single day that I have a job that is able to support me and my family um, mm-hmm. and we're not out on the streets because there's been a few times that my wife and I have been together. We've come close to like, oh, shit, we got to do something or we're going to be homeless, you know, um, right y- years and years ago. Um, but it, it's it's something that we've been talking about that we want to do something to give back like we want to help like we don't have a lot of money or anything like you know we right. can't there, there are times like i i wish i had so much money it could just be like okay here build houses for everybody you know <laughs> right uh, that's just not how it works unfortunately yeah and it's and i i was sort of inspired by a video game that there's something i want to do eventually um and inspired by the spider-man ps4 video game i have uh, not played it but i hear it's very very good so in, in the game um um, Peter Parker's aunt, um, Aunt May, works at this nonprofit homeless type shelter thing, mm-hmm. and, and and you can walk around the entire thing and see what it's like. And um, 
in the game and just and it's like it inspired me to like i want to do something like that like either start a nonprofit or or just do something to help and i right. i told myself this year i want to start doing something like that it's the pandemic sort of stopping me right now yeah i hear you but um, um but yeah. it, it, it's i feel like that's one of such a important issue in our country just it, mm-hmm. the whole world you know right just because we could end home homelessness tomorrow you know we there's could. like you know but jeff bezos be or yeah mm-hmm. jeff bezos or elon musk could end it tomorrow with all the money they yeah. have and right. it, it's it's sad that you know because i love star trek right um i love that whole utopian paradise of no one has to worry about money or anything like that everybody just works for the common good right Right. and i wish it was like that sometimes and it sucks that money has to be the root of all evils it's like hey i love having money but (laughs) (laughs) maybe we shouldn't be placing so much you know stress on money i feel like that's just people who don't have money worse off um, I really think that your cause is an admirable one. I really hope that that's something you proceed with and something that brings to. you joy. Um, one thing that you've got to be really smart about and careful about is that under most circumstances, there are p- families that are homeless because of un- like there are people that uh, like lost their home or have no money, yada. But there's also people who are have felt victim to other maladies like mental illness or drug I, I know. That, that that's yeah. such a huge problem especially here in florida it's freaking like meth capital of the u.s essentially <laughs> i won't argue with that yeah no. I, I was ready to go on to a tirade about uh how hawaii has a drug problem but then i was like oh wait i'm talking to someone from florida i really yeah. don't need to go into too much detail on that no but, but um, i mean and, and that's like another thing it's oh god and that just all stems back to freaking not only just racial injustice freaking you got right shitty criminal systems for-profit right. prisons where right. you you want those drug drug addicted people in and out of the prisons because hey that's how yeah. those prisons make money because they can then right. charge the county and the state for that mm-hmm. shit and it's such a fucked up process so it, it's it's like there's no easy answer because as you start looking at okay we want to end homelessness right how do we mm-hmm. do that because not everyone who's right. homeless is you know just lost their house because like you said there's yeah, mental exactly. illness now, how do, how do we fix that? Okay, well, yes. we need to fix healthcare. Fuck, how do we fix that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the whole system's broken. Oh, and and I, I work in healthcare, right? And what, what this is what pisses me off with healthcare. I'm just going to get a little tirade about it. Um, health insurance as, as a whole is a fucking scam in this country. I have what is considered really good healthcare. Um, Overall, because, you know, my premiums aren't too high. My copay's pretty low. But if I need anything done that is outside the norm, I'm looking to pay out the ass. And, and what I mean outside the norm is, you know, not not like a not like a scan, like an X-ray MRI, stuff like that. You know, not like stuff like that. But my kid had to get surgery on her knee because, you know, she took a tumble and busted it and. I had to pay out the fucking ass just to cover it. And insurance would only cover a little bit. I'm like, that th- that was when I had to sell my first part of my magic collection a couple years ago. Or I'm like, or else she's not going to get surgery and not be able to walk. <laughs> it's like, Jeez. yeah. And it's, 
I talk to people outside the U.S. and they're just like, I don't get it. Why, why do you have to pay so much for it? You know, like. Why do we have to pay so much for this? This is just. Freaking yeah. insurance companies want that money. Hospitals want okay. that money. It's friggin', you know, it's. I want to be able to go to the hospital or go to see my doctor without having to worry. Shit. Can I afford this? And that. In, right. And even in a privileged position such as I'm in, where I know I can afford it, it's it, all it takes is just for one accident to make me go poor, essentially. Yeah. And that's what's scary. That's what's scary. Like, it, it's you could be you hear those horror stories of people who get cancer or they had to get some surgery done or something, and it's like, oh, there goes all your savings up. You got to put a mortgage on the house again and. <laughs> It's like <laughs> it sucks. So yeah, there's really no easy answer to fix it all. It's you, you try to fix one thing, like just take racial injustice for an example. All right, how do you fix that? Okay, you look at the police. Okay. How do you mm -hmm. fix the police? Fuck, you probably gotta look at the unions. How do you fix right. the unions? You know, oh you gotta look at who's behind the unions. <laughs> exactly. Ask the question, like, that one oh, answer, God. but then three questions with it. It's just God, it's and it's the same in politics too. It's so mm -hmm. I'm reading Obama's memoirs, A Promised Land, right now, and it's and I've always kind of known like behind the scenes because you know I've read a lot about what what it's like behind the scenes in politics and all that. Um, and but just reading what it's like to be president of the United States, and I'm sure every single president except Trump has probably gone through this. Um, <laughs> is well, even consider him a president? What did he do? Like honestly, um. The two biggest, I actually watched a video about that. Um, I mean, th th this was before January 6th, right? Because I was really curious, like, because, you know, I, I I try to look at everything like, like, okay, there had to have been something good he did, right? Had to have been at least one good thing he did, right? Because it couldn't have, every single thing he did couldn't have been absolutely bad. So my first thought was, okay, well, what about his tax cuts that he did? It was so then I started looking into that and I'm like, oh, that wasn't really a tax cut. That was just a tax deferment. So yeah, that no. means wh whatever taxes we didn't pay for that, we're just going to have to owe when it ends. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Cool. <laughs> and and Trump. the only other thing I could say that he did well, but at the time I thought it was decent was when he visited Kim Jong-il to try to make relations good between North and South Korea. Yeah. But then it was probably just him idolizing Kim Jong-il. Or Kim Jong-un, I'm sorry. Um, not Kim, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably just him idolizing him at the time. But at the time, I thought it was like, okay, he really wants to try to get North and South Korea back together. And it's been, you know, 60, 70 years. No, mm -hmm. nothing happened yeah. out of that. But. Just, trying to go, just trying to get in yeah. with the... The, the other dictators yeah <laughs> he wanted to learn a little bit pull some pages from their books <laughs> right oh god i shouldn't laugh at that but it's like fuck man <laughs> i mean we know what happened we I know. saw it we were there. I know. we can't we can joke about it while also acknowledging how fucked up it is that's fine yeah but no, but, but going back to obama's book it's um the the thing that really opened my eyes was all the good that he wanted to do he couldn't get done, not just because of a Republican-controlled Congress, but all the other outside fucking lobbyists and corporations and all these other unions and everything he wanted to do to, like, pass, he just got freaking stopped. Every single step of the way. And it's just, holy shit. So, 
it, I mean, same shit's going to happen to Biden. Him, He's going to yep. want to do all this crap. And it's like, nope. He's going to have five million other people telling him, well, you can do this if you give me this type thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not tip for tat. It's for the people. Like, come right, on. You know? Nope. It's all about money. So that's a way to depressing way to end this. Um, well, we could just circle back to talk about something good, like something. Quick. Yeah. Oh, um, are you going to come and visit me in Hawaii? <laughs> uh, w- w- when is this pandemic going to end? I mean, oh, no, we're coming back to the <laughs> topic. <laughs> no, no, it, it's it, it's true. I it's so my, my company, um, we have like hospitals like um all throughout the u.s and we do have a hospital system in hawaii so maybe one day and um and if magic fest ever come back it's i i mean even if they never come back i want to go to hawaii so bad it's um it it looks awesome it's pretty fun i wish i could say the same about florida but all that is there that i want is a disney world so yeah that's a good part of florida (laughs) yeah And, and and we've got alligators I like alligators. They're super yeah. tasty. It's oh, they are tasty. It's for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh oh, there was one quick question I want to ask you about Hawaii. Um, and yeah. it's a little bit of a sad topic, but so you know how Florida is in danger to like sink one day, right? Because of like all the yeah. sea levels rising and all that. Is Hawaii sort of affected by the same thing, or no? We're gonna be fine. Um, okay. Is it because so of the volcanoes that you guys have? Volcanoes. <laughs> well, no. I'm, so I don't know. No no no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. So. Because of, we're, we're currently living, I, I live on Oahu and, you know, millions of years ago, the islands were formed by the volcanoes erupting and creating land masses. But of course, a lot of the island is very highly elevated. So oh, as a result, okay. if the ocean does continue to rise, we're just going to move up. We'll be fine. Um, obviously, the biggest uh, the, the biggest defector here is the fact that we're going to run out of space. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hoping will happen is that the centralized hub for uh, the whole state will move from being in on Oahu to Big Island, which is where there's still active volcanoes there, but it's huge. Yeah. Big Island is like, it, I, I can't even give you a word to describe it appropriately, but it's ginormous. And there's a lot of open space there. There's a lot of opportunities to really like build businesses there and build up the economy there. There's a little bit of the area which is touristy, like half the island is tourist-based, the other half is local-based. But you can have mm-hmm. all of your business there. Obviously, the biggest um, like risk to doing that is that there's still active volcanoes which are there. So you have to be prepared for emergency at all times, essentially. God, um, that's scary. It doesn't happen <laughs> often. Yeah. Um, I think that the last time where there was the eruption was last year, either that or 2019. Oh, my God. That's still that, scary. It's It's scary. But also, it's not because it's just like it's lava flowing, and if you've never seen lava flow, it's just casual lava flowing. A, yeah, it's just casual <laughs> lava flow. You, now I'm, there's a drink called a lava flow, and now that we're talking about that, I'm like, oh god, I want one of those. It's like a pina colada, but instead of pineapple, it's strawberry. Ooh, it's that does sound good. Syrup. So good. That does but, sound good. Yeah. But yeah, you have to be prepared for that to happen, and that's going to be obviously one of the biggest things. Uh, that you really need to be conscientious about if you're going to be moving your economy from one island to another. It's not going to be easy, but yeah. it's definitely an option. So we're not even thinking about that. Like locals here don't care. Um, I think that the I, I think that the culture around Hawaii in terms of uh, climate change is actually pretty solid. 
most folks are conscientious of it and they're trying their best. Um, it's kind of been backset because of the pandemic, because a lot of people are staying home or consuming more yeah. energy than we have before. But beforehand, you know, like very little homes have ACs, very little homes have washer dryers. Like, oh, wow. No, I've never seen a dishwasher out here. Never once. Oh, not even in rich folks' homes. Yeah. For oh, the most wow. part. What do people yeah. do? Wash their dishes <laughs> wash by, hand? by hand? What? Yeah. And and then you have a rack that you place it on and then it dries. Okay, okay. So you, you talk about rich people not having one? All right. They're peasants, okay? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm with a lot of rich folks here. So my idea is like someone who owns a two-bedroom house, okay? You own a house? Oh my god, you must be rich. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I mean, my house was not very like my house was not expensive at all to buy. It's like that's one thing I love with Florida is like just how cheap homes are in certain in yeah. certain areas. Um, like the closer you get to Tampa, Miami, or Orlando, it starts going up. But it's like I'm probably an hour away from Tampa, and like my house was a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. That was it, and it's like it, that's cheap, cheap as hell. You yeah. can't. That is cheap as hell. <laughs> and, and it's a and it's a pretty decent sized corner lot, like sixteen hundred square feet, um, uh, in a corner lot. Yeah, it's what I can't even imagine that sixteen hundred feet for a hundred k. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I mean, I mean, the price is the, it, it's worth probably closer to hundred eighty now. Um, mm -hmm. but I got lucky with buying it. But I mean, well, going through this fucking flood and shit <laughs> sucked, but. Right, <laughs> but um, yeah, but holy shit! So, no, I was just really curious, like, because I don't know, because Florida's gonna sink one day, because oh yeah, and, and at least oh crap, do you guys get hurricanes too a lot or ty I think um, you call them typhoons, right, on that side? Um, hurricanes they're not common. We've had a lot of tropical storms that pass through, which okay. if they keep at a faster speed, it would go from a tropical storm to a hurricane. The, the level is tropical storm and then hurricane level like one, two, three, four, yeah, five. Cat, yeah. Yeah. Category. Sorry. So, yeah, I grew up in Florida, like I said. So I dealt with hurricanes like every oh, yeah. summer. Yeah, we deal and, with it every every year. Exactly. And how do you guys deal with it? If the hurricane comes and it's below a certain level, you just stay put. But if it's higher than that, you leave. Right. Yeah. Like if it's cat two or above, that's when I start getting nervous. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I still get nervous about a cat one de mm -hmm. depending what's what's happening like where it's gonna land and all that maybe yeah. my parents were just aloof as fuck they were just like they didn't leave the house unless it was a category three or higher maybe that's just a saint augustine thing though <laughs> well i i think yeah because you're closer to the ocean there like i'm a little bit more inland so it's depending on where like if it landed right next to my county and started going west or east mm -hmm. i mean then i'd be like oh shit okay time to leave but if it like say it landed you know down in sarasota and just went up i'd be like eh, it's gonna be like a tropical storm by the time it hits me right it's gonna weaken out so exactly yeah um but yeah so hurricanes gain strength when hot air mixes with cold air being in mm -hmm. the middle of the pacific and close to the equator we only really get hot air so the opportunity for a hurricane to really hit is not high but if it does happen, it's devastating. I think the last time we had a real hurricane was like 20 years ago. And oh, that one really like it messed up some stuff from what I hear. But since then, any like anytime the, the tropical storm season hits, it's just 
a whole lot of water and a whole lot of wind and then it passes and then we're good yeah but i'm scared if we do hit a hurricane like everybody (laughs) says we're overdue for a hurricane i'm like stop saying that please but um, they they say the same thing with florida like oh florida's due for another major hurricane like please no i mean it's bad (laughs) enough when we get like you know two tropical storms one after the other like i don't want a hurricane because even those can do some damage oh for sure yeah um one thing i'm grateful of is we don't have tornadoes like you guys have or does florida have tornadoes or they they do usually they're pretty weak they're not i mean they can get strong but it's rare Mm -hmm. like it has to be like the exact right sort of conditions for them to be really strong but nothing like the midwest gets the midwest that's like (laughs) i i never want to like live in the midwest because of all seeing all those videos of giant ass tornadoes like hell no (laughs) yeah i'm not interested in dealing with that either thank you i'm good just not being in the middle of that thank you um but yeah those are usually so in terms of natural disasters for hawaii like you have the volcanoes and then you have tsunamis and then you have like hurricanes somewhere down here tsunamis i forgot about that we don't get that like as far as i know we have not gotten it in an extremely long time but mm-hmm. a tsunami is going to be an issue when there is an earthquake somewhere in the world and that yeah. creates a wave that just keeps going um we had a, a tsunami warning last year uh, there was a a uh i think that is in the philippines there was a earthquake that was off the shore there yeah and then the the, the philippines are like infinitely closer than uh like California. Some other usual yeah. spots. Yeah, like California or Japan. So when it was coming through, we were just like, great, just getting ready. But thankfully, oh God, that's by the scary. time. <laughs> it's scary. You know, you, you have options. You just have to get to high ground. You have to be smart. You have to be fast and you have to be safe. But we were good at the end of the day. We were on top of it. You know, like I said, I'm in the Hawaii server. So there are other people that are keeping an eye on it too. So they're posting updates like, hey, here's an update. The wave strength has gone down or here's another update. It's no longer a threat. And then, you know, that's it. Well, shit. I think I feel like I learned a lot about Hawaii today. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I will have to come visit you one day. Get out there. Um, We are definitely going to have to schedule some commander, though, on my stream. Um, yes, I really want have to, play to with do. You. Um, like I said, as soon as soon as I figure out more of this whole flood homeowners insurance, if I'm going to have to leave the house or not, I can't schedule anything right now. It sucks because <laughs> I've had to put off all my streams because it's like, mm-hmm. and I, and I had to put off scheduling more podcast guests too because I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot on your plate. I'm really hoping that you're able to get everything sorted out. I know that it's a tough time, but so I, I'm a firm believer in the ups and downs in life that when you deal with the negative, the positive that comes afterwards is always going to be worth it. And I'm really rooting for you that this is oh, a, as you. seamless a process as possible. I'm hoping so. It's um, <laughs> like we're, we're fine on a financial front for it and all that because homeowners is going to cover it, you, you know, cover a good chunk. And, and I've got... And I had to sell the last of my magic collection to even cover the deductible, which that sucked. <laughs> I mean, I saw my EDH decks, but just everything else, I'm like, I, I have to. But but besides that, as far as a financial, I'm fine. It's just having to wait and deal and fake like the unknowns of do we have to leave the house? Do we not? And if we have to leave the house, where the fuck are we going? <laughs> right. You know, because it's uh, it's tough. But I'll figure it out. It's it'll be fine. 
Just got to keep telling myself, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm sure it will be fine. I'm sure that you're going to have, like, everything's going to line up as it should. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen is, you know, they tell you, you got to leave your house and then you got to find somewhere to stay. And then you can try to build a company for it. Like, hey, you know, it might fall within the the money that they can refund to you as necessary expense, right? Yeah, yeah, I like know, I don't know if that house if that's how housekeeping insurance works, but le- I like hope it, is. It, it would be if I had to pay out of pocket for like a hotel for two weeks or something, they yeah. they would they would expense me for it. But if I have to do that, they're gonna pay me up front for that shit. I'll right. be like, hey, there's no way I'm gonna put up two weeks worth of money for a hotel for that shit. Yeah. You're gonna okay. pay me. Yeah, first. no, you should. Yeah. That that would be the smart move. No, okay. but so where can people find you and your content at? Because it's getting over two hours here, and and it's just <laughs> it really yeah, it, wow. it, it it's it's flown by like crazy. And like l- l- this is what happens. It's like I could keep going for at least another hour or so, but it's like I, I know you've got things you got to do. Um, you've got to get food. You got to spend time with your family. It's like oh uh, yeah yeah no yeah yeah over there, right yeah yeah it's it, almost it, eight yeah, yeah it's almost eight o'clock. So oh, I, I okay. and, and I know you've got stuff to do too. So let let's wrap right. this up here and. Where can people find you and all that? For sure. So if you like me and everything that I'm about, I stream at twitch.tv slash Radical Mari. I talk your ears off at twitter.com slash the Radical Mari. I post pictures like once in a blue moon over at Instagram under the same handle, the Radical Mari. Um, I am all about meeting people from all walks of life. If anything that you said, or if anything that... I talked about today really strikes your interest. Or if you want to talk more, I have a discord community as well. I'm not going to share that link right here because that's like, it's a string of letters. Like if you go to my Twitch, you'll find it though. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll put links in the show notes for it too. Heck yes. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. Well, I want to take a second then as well. Zuby, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been an awesome, awesome opportunity. I love being able to talk about things that I'm passionate about. And the fact that you are equally passionate and we have this good energy back and forth, it feels fantastic that we can just do this. Just talk story. Just shoot the shit. Just yeah. thank you. That's why I love doing it. And thank you again for coming on. I had a great time. Um, We'll have to do this again. And like I said, as soon as all this blood shit is done with we're gonna i'm gonna i have so many people i need to schedule edh streams with but you're you're at the top though because it's <laughs> yes. okay i'll i'll keep an eye out for it like yeah. i said yeah all I'll, you gotta do is tell me when i'll find a way to be there yeah I'll, I'll reach out to you via dm and all that it's like i i just hate that i can't schedule anything because I'm, I'm i'm a by the book calendar person and it's like if no. there's I, i'm very structured like that so it sucks that but life whatever. is like this you're rolling with the punches and you're doing a fantastic job and i will still be here when the time comes so Sweet. focus on awesome. what's in front of you and we'll find we'll we'll find a time for me to kick your ass in uh what? okay okay, yeah. okay. No. My right. Jesus, okay she's gonna win i'm just all right, you all right, know right. That right so now. so I, I know we're supposed to end this here but all right all right so <laughs> i have i don't know if you ever seen this the inkling custom salt box <gasps> that's adorable so in this is Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth? He is an Azorius Control <laughs> EDH deck, probably the most degenerate control deck I own. I wasn't it. gonna say it, but yeah. <laughs> so you brought it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, no. I mean, I deserve this. No, no, no. It, it's okay. Play. No, no. It, it's so that that deck. I 
I don't even enjoy playing it because it's so fucking miserable. Why would you play it then? So the, I, I know we got to wrap this up, but the story is, so that deck was built because my local meta was so degenerate with like infinite combos right. and all that stuff. So I build it to counteract all all my friends and I've just okay. kept it because it, it has a lot of expensive cards in it and all that. And, and um, hey, when your house floods again for a second time, you can sell that deck then. I don't want to though. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll be the one okay. to help out here thank you again for uh, <laughs> all right thank you tonight take all right. good care of yourself you too thank you all, all right, right have a good night good chicken night okay. hey everybody hope you all enjoyed the episode um it was great i you could probably tell by the end there we were trying to end it but it's like shit i could have gone on for another hour and it's like we had to just end it there um great time um as you probably heard during the podcast i don't know when um, I'm going to be streaming again as of this recording right now. I don't know when I'll be streaming again, but you can definitely stay tuned and look at my Twitter or join my Discord or anything like that and find out when I am going to be streaming again and also future episodes as well, too, because there's one more scheduled interview tomorrow that I have. And after that, I don't have any other interviews scheduled due to what's going on with my house. So definitely keep you all apprised. So hope. You know, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it's all fixed and I know exactly what's happening right now. I don't know. So hopefully it gets all figured out. But thank you all again for listening and watching. Um, be sure to go follow Mari on all her social media. She's a great person. Uh, had a really great time talking with her. So hope you all really enjoyed the episode and hope you all have a great night.